Bear has nothing to do with hiking. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Can nobody the fiesta? It's the Trail Show. My God, Polly. Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike D'Lo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Paul Mags Magnanti. He's a fraud. And now, from D'Lo's basement, it's the Trail Show. Yes, yes. We are live from the Bobby Walter studio at Casa Magnanti. In East Boulder, Colorado's up-and-coming beer district, you're listening to The Trail Show. And we are heard worldwide on iTunes, Stitcher, and by those who love fried chicken, bananas, and whole milk while on trail. That's right. It is Wednesday, February 18th. We are happy to have you with us today. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your boss about The Trail Show. We've got another action-packed show today. There's lots of beer. So much beer that we brought in. Dirt monger and bear claw to help us drink it all. All gone. But first, we want to <laughs> we want to talk about our show sponsor. That's right. This month's trail show is sponsored by the one and only Leadville Hostel. <laughs> yes. Woo! The owner Woo-hoo! of the Leadville Hostel, Wild Bill, is a good friend of ours, and he was on our live show back in August, if you might remember, for our taping at Avery. And and now I I would actually like to share a personal experience I had at the Leadville Hostel, if I may. Please do. You may. So I think the Leadville Hostel was where Dila's wife began to mistrust me. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> what are you talking There was about? a weekend that happened, and I may or may not have dry humped Dilo on the couch. <laughs> oh my! <coughs> and uh, I, I, I wait a minute. Yes, it did happen. Yes. And I also saw Lisa Love Barge's full butt crack that weekend. Oh, wow. Yes. A very memorable weekend <laughs> in trail show history. Those are just some of the things that could or could not happen at the Leadville Hostel. <laughs> we are recording a trail show at the Leadville Hostel on Saturday, April 18th. If you have not had the opportunity to stay at the hostel before, this is the time to do so. Head on over to leadvillehostel.com to check out all the amenities they have to offer and reserve a spot for the April 18th weekend. Spots are going to fill up, people. You won't want to miss it. Very good. And ladies and gentlemen, he was taping a special across the hallway. This month in the studio, we have salmonella expert and stoveless gourmet, and also inventor of the Vagabond Loop, Mr. Ryan Dirtmonger Silva. Thank you guys for having me in. Hey, Dirtmonger, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. And what was the special that you were filming next door? Was it a documentary on salmonella? Yeah. Because well, I want to know so much more <laughs> about salmonella. <laughs> um, yes, it was about salmonella. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> we'll, ta- we'll table that for a little bit later, but I really want to hear all about it. So, so excited. So we're featuring a route that Dirtmonger invented himself this month as our Trail of the Month, the Vagabond Loop, and we're going to talk to him about that here shortly. Some would say might be the future of through hiking. Future of through hiking Ooh. routes versus trails. <laughs> All right, let's set the table. What are we what are we gonna be Wh- serving up today, Mr. Mags? All right. Well, we're gonna do trail news, our route of the month. Are, are we doing the iTunes top five? Is, we are, man. Is, We've got pe- people I asked and people responded. We've got excellent, a bunch. Excellent. We're all so excited about that. Some yeah. trips from the past month. <laughs> a little more info about our wonderful live show coming up at Leadville next month. Boom. Uh, the brew hike in Longmont. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 
All right, Disco's trail tip is actually going to be Dirt Manga's trail tip. Yeah, I, I got to talk oh, to him cool. about it. He doesn't know that. Oh, yet, so. it's a surprise. <laughs> like the salmonella. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we like to keep our guests on, our to- on their toes. You know? We're going to have our usual mailbag, uh, Bear and Bandwidth, and sponsor shout-outs. We're going to be talking about the Big Burn PBS <gasps> documentary. The Big oh, Burn. Awesome. This is actually a very cool documentary. We'll yep. more about it. It's about the time Touched I went to Hawaii heart. without sunscreen. Touch do <laughs> Thank you. Boom. All right. Uh, what else? We're going to have a shout-out to our bear sponsors. And, oh, of course, Ask a Hiker. And a very important gear review this month that could save you money. Ooh. Yeah, money at the trailhead, right, Max? Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Hmm. Very good. Probably our most practical, serious <laughs> gear review ever. Oh, come on. We don't do practical and serious on here. What are you talking about? After $1,000, it's very serious. Ooh. <laughs> It'll be practical after all these beers by the time we get <laughs> That's right. That's right. It'll make yeah. a lot of sense. It, It'll be done in a very <laughs> special trail show way. And speaking of beers, we have a lot this month. And so let's go ahead without any other further ado. Do Mr. Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. Beer of the Month. Well, we have well, started off here with two beers from the new Albanian brewing company, a new Albania Excuse me, New Albany, Indiana. <laughs> See, it's not New Albania. Yeah, come on, you're, you're a New Albanian if you come from New Albany. We have the Tenderfoot Oak Aged <laughs> Cherry Imperial Stout. Ooh. And we have the Hoptimus India Pale Ale, which happens to be an Imperial India Pale Ale. Oh, my gosh. I am drinking night. the Hoptimus, and I will just say that it is not a bad beer being masked by hops. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the real good. hiking Viking. I'm yes. drinking the uh, the cherry jubilee, whatever that one is, and uh, it's pretty intense. Like you gotta be, Whoa. you gotta be serious. Wait, if you're you know drink what's it. pretty intense about this cherry jubilee, this ch- imperial stout? What? It has a IBU rating of 77. Wow, that's high for a stout. That's crazy. Do you know what the IBU rating of the Hoptimus Imperial India Pale Ale is? I'm gonna go with 95. 100. Wow. Yes. I was yes. close. And just so everybody knows, these are actually beers that were delivered to us by Angus McBee that we just didn't get to because he sent us so much German beer on the last show that we just didn't get to these ones. So we're getting to them now. Thank you, Angus. You yeah. rock, sir. All the way from Germany to Indiana to our doorstep. Mr. Mag. I was saying we have to give a shout out for our pre-beer yeah, well, and we're going to be yeah. drinking some more of that later on the show, too, but, right? Yeah, we just have an amazing variety. There's so many, what, probably a dozen-plus varieties <laughs> sent from Just know, Bill, you know, via Korea, to the rest stop, <laughs> over the river by the creek here in front of the house. <laughs> and it just showed up on your doorstep it one day. It just showed up on the doorstep. It's yeah. just really, thank you so much, Just Bill. There's just an amazing selection of Chicago area and and even sent Wisconsin beef jerky to go with it. Wow. Oh, oh snap. Nice. We'll be eating that for dessert later. <laughs> <laughs> We're having pizza, beer, and beef jerky. We'll We're just very dip healthy. It and cookies. Cookies. We'll, yeah. d- we'll dip the, the beef cookies. jerky into that cherry jubilee over there. Yeah, so thank you, fantastic. Mr. Just Bill, as well. And while we're giving uh, uh, shout-outs and props to people, we, we should thank our listeners for the pizza that we had pre-show. That's uh, right. The, what is ooh, the, the pizza ooh. of the trail show? It's Blackjack the, Pizza. Blackjack Pizza. Thank you, listeners, because we used your hard-earned money to buy that pizza. That's right. So we've done our beer of the month. Should we get right into trail news? All right. Wow. And with all the news that's fit to be heard, Mr. Paul Mags Mignanti. Mags, take it away. First, some local news really quick. The For those on the brew hike in Boulder this past year... The Avery's location is closed oh, yeah. and moving to Gun Barrel. 
which is a little nearby part of Boulder. It's, Sorry. <laughs> it's I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset about that. But I, I was there for the last night in the Boulder location. <laughs> okay. Really, Mags? It, it was free beer. Were there tears just flowing? <laughs> it was free beer. It was. There's just nothing but no beer. Oh, have to really? Adam Avery, the owner, founder, was bartending, gave out free beer. Wow. So and who's in that space now? Li- they've rented it out. They won't tell who. Rumor has it, it's a Longmont brewery. Rumor has it. So are we going to have to extend the Longmont brew hike down and in, back in toward, oh towards... Oh, God. No. Maybe next year. Okay, very but good. That's some local news. Now getting more into the national level. So long-time hostel, the Softleys, is no yes. more. It's closed. Hiker heaven. Hiker heaven. After 18 years. Wow. 18 years, huh? Good for them. Yeah, I yeah. agree. They need I'm a break. Saying, absolutely. It's just yeah. it's a sign of the times that are changing trail situation. Speaking of which, um, JMT permits are changing very much this year. There are so many more people doing the JMT now. It was 1,500 permits issued in 2011. Whoa. It's up to over 3,000 as of 2014. Wow. What? what? Oh, why? that's it. I'm off the track. Damn you, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> why, why so <laughs> many in the last three or four years? Well, there's, of course, the wild effect. It was actually a very well-known documentary. Um, walk, walk, in our mile, mile and a half. That exactly. Oh, I, I haven't seen that. And yeah. that's probably done okay. a lot to, and just more people interested in long trails in general. It's a lot easier to do something like the JMT, which is very beautiful and two hundred miles. And you're yeah. guaranteed bear encounter, so that's there always you go. Nice. Yeah, that's but for certain. So many people are doing it. it was affecting people who just wanted to go to Yosemite or Kings Canyon or Sequoia just for the weekend. Hmm. And they having trouble getting permits, so they said we're revising it, and it's just a little more difficult to get a permit now. Hmm. Speaking of which, uh, PCT is instituting quotas for the start of the trail this year. Yeah, this is news to me. I didn't know about this. What's going on, Max? Basically, <laughs> from Max, from why why did you let this happen? I mean, <laughs> it's all it's all my fault. What, what yeah, can I, say? C- I mean, come on. But fifty people a day are allowed to start from the Campo border. That's yes. in April, right? Yes. Yeah. I have a Five question six. about that. Yes. Does that include? Um, Undocumented people that are coming across. Are I think they that's counting a, them? I think that's a different trail that intersects okay. and parallels the okay. PCT. Do you it, mean hikers that don't have a permit or that's correct? Illegal that's aliens? what I mean. <laughs> if you're undocumented, doesn't it imply that you don't have a permit? Sure. Well, I don't know. Maybe they applied for a permit. They just don't have oh, U.S. citizenship. Oh, you think that their undocumented yeah. immigrants are applying for PCT permits because yes. it'll get them across the border. <laughs> That's right. It'll get them across the border when border patrol comes over, they say, I don't know, man, but I have this paper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be a That's good a good little good. Pr- a good little trick. Yeah. I mean, who would... Look at my papers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Legal at the trail show. Legal at the trail show, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> There are 1,500 permits available total for April, for example. As of this past Tuesday, over 1,200 have been issued. Wow. What? Yeah. You can actually go online and see how many people per day. We, we talked about this briefly before we started recording tonight. I, you know, in my opinion, if I may sidetrack news real quick, Please feel do. free to whack the vacuum tubes if this goes no, on too long. No, editorial's but, allowed in the yeah, news. But I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, if I you're... Either. If well, bringing it back to Max. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to hike the PCT, most of the time, you know that you're going to do it well in advance, right? Um, you, there are those people that lose their job in April um, and say, hey, that's it. I'm moving out of my apartment, putting everything in storage and hiking the PCT. Yeah. But most people are kind of like, well, I'm going to go hike the PCT in a year and a half after I work at this job, you know, and, and then I'll quit and then I'm going hiking, you know. So those people can really afford to 
buy into this permit system. It's not that oh, big a deal for those people. It, it's not so much the permits a big deal. It's just showing how popular yeah. it is. I mean, that's 350 people starting in one week. Yeah. So what happens if you're 1501? May. May. May 1st. <laughs> Oh, so this is just you for April. April. You could flip. You could start like it. Uh, well, start well, at the McDonald's but, at Cone Pass. But if or you start at May first versus yeah. April twenty sixth, yeah. really? Yeah. What if you're a procrastinator deal? with great ability? Then you flip. Well, you know, being That's certain, a good point. they're yeah. actually starting to encourage um, southbound now alternate itineraries just okay. to spread out the impact of the trail. There's going to be ridge runners and leave no trace people in the first one. What? Yeah, they're, they're, man, this is. This is crazy. In the first 100 miles, PCTA is going to have ridge runners and leave no trace. Are they former through hikers, by the way? I do not know. That's a very good question. If I see a shelter on the PCT, that's it. I'm off. I'm done. That's You're it. Off I'm the out trail of it. That's it. I'm going to burn it down. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> well, <laughs> and then I'm going to get off the trail. You're Quickly. off the trail. <laughs> so I also don't catch fire in the ensuing fire. Oh, so I don't set Southern California on fire as a result of burning yeah. down the shelter, which pissed me off. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, that's a great segue about the Appalachian Trail <laughs> because. <laughs> The AT is starting uh, voluntary registration this year from Springer Mountain. Voluntary registration. What does yeah. that mean? Basically, you can go on their website. And I th- we posted a link on our Facebook page, and you can see how many people are starting from Springer Mountain on this particular day hmm. to kind of, again, mitigate the impact. You don't want to start with 100 people, usually, say, on April 1st or... The other, first day of spring. Exactly, or yeah. other popular days. And... Nothing's confirmed, but people are starting to wonder, will this be a segue into PCT-style quota systems? Hmm. I blame it all on Obama. <laughs> yeah. I, there, there's, it's the Affordable Care Act. Biden. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn Biden. <laughs> Glenn Biden? You mean Joe Biden? I said, I blame Biden. Oh, my bad. Say it ain't so, Joe. All right, Mags, what else we got? Well, just a quote. Bring it Ooh. back. Bring it back. Um, just to go on the AT one, uh, Laurie P., who's the head of the ATC for Outreach, Okay. She said, if you blah, blah, blah. Basically, they had more people um, start the AT last year than finish it in the past five years. Wow. What what the heck's going on, man? Start the AT one year. In other words, words, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. We had a thousand people who finished it in a five year period. Mm. More people started it in 2014 than finished it in the past five years. So it's becoming very popular. Is the thing. To start, Jeez, though. Man. Yeah, well, I'm just you know, right? reading. Yep. Um, I don't know. Very, very sad. This is very recent. The White Mountains, of course, can be a very brutal area. This has made oh, national yeah. news. Um, Kate Matravotsova, um, she was 32. She was found dead in the White Mountains recently. And it's very sad just because of the yeah. conditions. It was minus 30 without the wind chill and wow. over 100 mile an hour winds. Wow. You know, those of us who grew up in the East Coast, we definitely respect the mountains. But there's kind of the snobbery out west. Oh, they're just hills. Well, these little hills can be very brutal. Yeah, with that kind of temperatures Above and winds, tree line. forget about it, man. And she had a, oh, as far as we can tell, all the right equipment and stuff. But yeah. um, even the personal locator beacon. It's just, just be careful out there. Technology can only take you so far. If it looks too brutal, turn around. Don't go above tree line. Whether it's New Hampshire, here in Colorado, or the Sierra, basically. Yeah, good words. The mountains will be there when you return. That's there right. you go. All right. Anything else, man? That's it. Quotas and unfortunate trips. And there he goes with all the news. It was fit to be heard, Mr. Paul Magsmignotti. He just ran out the door. He's gone. Oh, and now he's back. Of his own house. Thanks, Mags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just ran out the door of his own house. Okay. Should we go to break, or should we go ahead no, and No, let's, let's charge through, Let's man. charge through. So we're going to do our Trail of the Month right now, which is the Vagabond Loop. 
And we've got the inventor of the Vagabond Loop in studio, Mr. Dirtmonger. I don't think we have any special music for uh, the Vagabond Loop. We don't. Maybe, maybe we should. Johnny so, Cash, I've been everywhere. I've got a lot of questions, but before <laughs> before we get too crazy, uh, too deep into the Vagabond Loop. Wait, wait, loop. wait. Before we go into the Vagabond Loop, can we back yep. up and do this properly, and P.O.D. and I can come in with some uh, okay, beat, go ahead. beatboxing? Yeah, I prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. How about that? That's better. Ooh, vagabond, 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 loop, vagabond, loop, vagabond, loop, vagabond. This is what I thought Red about Bull. on trail for Red Bull. 3,000 miles. Red Bull. This is exactly <laughs> how you. Vagabond loop, vagabond loop. Desert of July. All Desert right. of July. <laughs> so before we get into the why and the how, can we just give our listeners a brief overview of what it is? What it is? Sure. Distances, links, that kind of thing. Trails involved. Sure. Okay. So, and let's to keep start this off, music. Start, yeah, right yeah, behind the it. whole time. To start <laughs> off, like to say, inventor. I, I kind of um, feel that I just added on to the roots that were there. Okay. Um, so the, it, it ties in the AZT, the Hey Duke Trail, and the Grand Enchantment Trail between a connection between uh, Moab and Albuquerque. So that part was one that that I pieced together myself. Yeah, and um, I can't wait to talk to you about that connection. Yeah, by the way, because yeah. that's no man's land as far as long distance hiking goes. Yeah, but it's uh, I had some help with that with like Brett Tucker who and you know pioneered the Grand Enchantment sure. Trail. Um, I had some help from the San Juan Hut System, who they have a mountain bike okay. route between Moab and Durango. Okay. So they let me utilize their maps and uh, their backcountry cabins. So okay. I had basic luxury wow. during that part, so it was pretty sweet. You stayed Whoa. in the cabins. Yeah, stayed in the cabins. Nice. Well, I never slept in one, but I used it for lunch, yeah. and I just ate, like, cold ravioli and peaches. <laughs> and I, I felt bad, like, cooking anything, and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But they had water there, and huh. uh, the best thing about it is that during them, I mean, for them in general, like, I just asked them, like, hey, is there a chance I could even, like, get, like, which way do you, how do you get from Moab to Durango? Yeah, and they ended up like sending me their maps and their routes and stuff. Oh, and nice. then eventually they sent me their keys and to the cabin. So I had keys to the cabins, and I was there before what? any of their treks wow. started. And so I was going to the cabins, going in, unlocking the doors. They had you know pantries full of food. Wow. And then uh, I get to Durango, and I you know emailed them, and I was like, you know, I can can I send you guys back the keys, and how much money do you guys want for this? You know, and uh, like here's I took the bare minimum you know i just yeah. didn't want to be greedy about anything like that and they came back it's like oh it's all in the house we we understand someone who's doing doing what you're doing and i was oh, like wow, wow all right sweet and really cool people That's... pretty rad i actually met the owner randomly on some random colorado road and huh guys like uh you know what what you want to be like when you're 70 you know like oh very cool wired man. and fit and still building cabins and going up in the middle of nowhere it's pretty sweet it, so it, wait, wait, wait. Let's back up. Wait a minute before sure. we back oh, up. Mileage and yeah, total mileage. Wait, wait, because we yeah. got sidetracked there. So I want you to actually tell us where you started. Sure. And then list the trails and sure. mileage. No side stories. No side <laughs> stories. Yeah, we'll get sidetracked. And then we'll go into the, and no interrupting. Very good. I'll blame that part on the nerves. Okay. So <laughs> now it's this one over here. <laughs> you need more so beer. when I did the the vagabond, obviously there was a loop that I wanted to connect. With those uh, three trails, but I also wanted to through hike those trails as well. So I did start at the Mexican Arizona border and 
But the Vagabond Loop officially started at Beehive Well, which is where the Grand Enchantment Trail and the AZT tie together. Oh, Uh yeah. So from there, you take Beehive Well all the way up um, into the Grand Canyon. And there's a point north of of the Grand Canyon where um, the AZT and the the HDT, the Hayduke Trail, tie in together. And from that point, um, you can connect it all, you know, hike the Hayduke to, to Moab. Um, from Moab to Albuquerque is where I pieced together those stuff. Um, and then Albuquerque, I did a different start point for the Grand Enchantment Trail based off weather conditions, forest closures, and mm-hmm. sure. that pretty much was General it. carnage. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, and also the theme of the route, too, for that. And then I basically walked back into Vagabond Loop, or I'm sorry, walked back to uh, the Beehive Well. Oh, wow. Um, with that, yeah, I don't know. You've you've been there, right? It's yeah. It's all rickety well or, you know, windmill, yeah. and there's a big green sludge of water with an owl, dead owl in it, and thousands <laughs> of bees, and yeah. pretty well, nasty weird. stuff. So that was my start and end point. And okay. it was For me, it was pretty fitting because it was such a lonely route yeah. to finish at a spot that was like no one was around yeah. for miles. And But uh, you also did a little segment to... To the Mexico Arizona border. Yeah, so, so I. So it sounds like I what you're describing is a bit of a lollipop loop. Very well, short stick, right? No, there was a loop like this, and I'm showing a loop for all the viewers at home. Yeah. And then, so I did start in Zion for the Hey Duke to connect all the way back around because I, like uh, I said, I wanted okay. to do the through hikes of all of them. So. Oh, um, uh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So and, and like even like after Beehive, I still walked in the Phoenix on the end of, okay. of the Grand Enchantment right. Trail because like you know being a through hiker, I wanted to have the through hike you yeah. know right. what i mean so the total loop itself was three thousand miles wow wow um, it was like 29.95 and that's going off estimation sure. off maps what i'm figuring out i didn't have any accurate like i didn't use any gps or anything so it was all just what the maps were doing i'm kind of like some days it was just like well i hiked this far or this many this hours. many hours yeah and this type of terrain i think i did this many miles per hour so that's what i kind of figured out so I, I imagine there might have been a little bit more, but I'm always going to undercut it. You know, yeah. it's not, I don't think it's yeah. fair to overcut it. So, so that's the distance of the loop. That doesn't include what you all it, the extras. No, it doesn't include the like 250 miles of the AZT or the yeah, 225 of the Hey Duke. Wow, something like that. So well, you did an um, additional what 500 miles or so. Yeah, and then also the <laughs> Colorado Trail after that too. So oh wow, yeah. <laughs> just for good measure. Yeah, <laughs> which is another five. So you did almost 4,000 miles of hiking. Yeah, in about almost five months. Yeah, so you started early April. I started April 4th, and I fin I I touched um, Beehive Well August 10th. Oh jeez, man. So so yeah. along oh the theme. so about 10 miles per day. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so talking about the theme that Mags was talking about in the news, there was um, were there big crowds when you started on April fourth? I mean, I started the the hike with Lint. Yeah, um, but he's kind of his own crowd. Yeah, he is yeah. kind of his own crowd. He brings the, the party. The ultimate trail meatball. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, we started together, and there was actually a guy we started with. Like we he- we helped him get to the border, but we never saw him after the first day. And ooh, but uh, I, I mean. SOL was ahead of us, and that was like all we knew. So, so other people were. Actually, I was joking, but other people were actually hiking this. Not on the vagabond loop; they were right. hiking the Arizona trail. Oh, okay, right, yeah. right. So, considering it's a part of it, you know, like mm-hmm. there was there was hikers there, but mm-hmm. very few. Um, on the Hey Duke, I saw Buck Thirty and Skittles. B three PO. Yeah, man. So, and I saw them in like you know some little alcove in Canab Creek, and that was the only people I saw, other than those guys in the Range Rover near Moab. Oh, I just but, missed you then because I I hiked with Skittles and Buck Thirty, right. 
into Escalante yep. and then rolled out. I wouldn't say just. I was still about two weeks from that. Oh, okay. okay. So they were all, they were like going to be done in two days or three days. Oh, so Kanab Creek is more in the That's Zion. in the Grand Canyon. Oh, Grand Canyon. Grand okay. Canyon. Gotcha. Canyon. Very yeah. good. Skits. But on the, the Grand Enchantment, forget it. No, you're not going to see anybody in July. No. no. And... and, and uh, I want to talk to you about that There's because a for that. We, yeah, so much. so I hiked it in the March April time frame, and I saw some of your water reports, and I was looking at the dates like July August, and I'm thinking, who who in there, how insane, how should I phrase this? <laughs> uh, what was it like to hike the Grand Enchantment Trail in July and August? I'll just ask um, you that. I mean, that trail is incredible first yeah. and foremost. It's beautiful, but it was severely uncomfortable. Yeah. Did you have any monsoon rains? Oh, it was like uh, actually I had monsoons like leaving Moab and going across the Taos Plateau. It was monsoons, and then going up over the uh, Sango de Cristos outside of Santa Fe, I was getting hit with a lot of like pretty scary rain and and lightning and pretty severe hail. Um, Once I left Albuquerque, it got like a million times worse. It was uh, so, okay. Flash so, floods, you name it, and then uh, the bugs were coming out. Can you? I'm, I'm <laughs> trying. So when you say severely like scary un- bugs too, se- not just like skeeters, but severely uncomfortable. Can you paint a picture for our listeners? Like, give us give us an idea of what <laughs> severely uncomfortable is on the uh, Grand Enchantment Trail I mean, in July. I, or August. I know. I, I, this room is filled with like this room is filled with experienced hikers. I know yeah. we've all been in in uncomfortable weather. Uh, the most uncomfortable weather was um, outside of. Near it was right before the Gila, before the Black Divide. I mean, you could see these battalion type, sh- you know, <laughs> ships of of clouds Death. coming in, and it was this yeah. curtains of rain. And and I thought I had a window. It was by outside of Winston, and it was up oh, like geez, it wasn't man. even high up on the divide. I was just going up like a drainage, and I saw the storm moving over the divide, and it's this curtains of rain, and it, it's pretty muggy out and humid, and there's there's mosquitoes everywhere, and. I just like, you know what, I'm going to put my wind park on just in case. And within like 10 minutes, it was just buckets just coming down. And it was like the un- like within 30 seconds, I was completely soaked. But I the lightning started coming out, and I was really low. So I thought like, oh, I'm probably going to be okay. But I'm telling you, like there was lightning coming down in places that I could throw a baseball to. And, <laughs> oh my God. and at that point, I, was, I had no choice but to get underneath it. Uh, a juniper and and that was the only tree in the area but i had no choice and i did wasn't going to go in the wash the wash was completely dry when i was so the wash is there's no water in it whatsoever at this point and i'm underneath this juniper and a lightning flashed so like quick that i had the the light like it it was almost backwards in time but it went behind me that i thought i hit the tree that i was on oh jeez! and um like it was like an explosion behind Mm. me and then within like five minutes later there's 150 feet in front of me it hits the side of the hillside there's dirt blowing up in the air (laughs) oh my god and i'm sitting underneath the tree and i'm getting soaked and i have a poncho at that like a little tiny cheap poncho and I'm sitting there huddled underneath the tree with my backpack, you know, underneath the poncho. Lightning just struck behind me. Lightning just struck in front of me. And all of a sudden, I just kind of like close my eyes and just like meditate and just like, you know what, just endure it. And I endured it. But then all of a sudden, I heard that like uh, this roar. <laughs> there um, comes the water. The man. roar woke, the woke me up. And <laughs> I look over, and within like 20 feet, that dry creek was four feet of water. Oh, oh man. And it was just racing down. And I could see like the clouds above me. And then I just thought, like, after about an hour of sitting there, like, just completely wet and scared as like 
I'll get out. I just decided just to run. And so <laughs> I started running up valley, and I was running up valley up this drainage, and the, the cows were running. I ran into a herd of cows, and I was running with the cows through the... And I'm like, like yelling, yelling with the yeah, bulls. yelling at the cows, and they're like running with me, and I'm like running past the little calves, and like I had to cross that creek like three times. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And then I get to this point where there's like this this like cattle pond, and all these the frogs are all chirping, and it sounds oh, like wow. an electric buzz, and it was like electricity was in the air, not just from lightning, but from the frogs. Wow. And I went about another couple more miles until there was more trees, and then I finally duck underneath the big trees and just set up my tarp and just like hunkered down, and it was still early, but wow. I mean that. I'd never been in this <laughs> position where I've been that scared. It was well, downright that's scary. That's interesting because that is not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I, I, I was, I mean, I didn't, I guess I didn't know that they, I mean, I know they get the flash flooding and everything, but Monsoons I Monsoons are no joke. Yeah, there. I didn't know yeah. that they, I was thinking, when I looked at the website and I saw July and August in the desert, I was thinking to myself, hot. He must have been like a piece of beef jerky. It, it was finished. hot, but it's, it's like humid hot, but it doesn't get, it's it's not like 120 degrees and dry? No, no, it's not dry. It's huh. like it's humid. It um, seems so dry when we were there. Yeah, that was the thing when I when I first was researching this route, like, you know, I contacted some people, I contacted Swami, and then he told me to contact Brett Tucker and I talked to him. I'm like, "Do you think it's feasible that I could hike sure. this route in July?" He's like, "Well, if the monsoons are there, you're going to have water at all the wells, so I don't see why not." I mean, he warned me about the weather, but like, you know, I it's like, "Well, all right, I'll do it." And Wow, and it just—it was worse than what I think I had thought. And Whoa. like Safford, Arizona, yeah, uh, like I think a mosquito hatch happened, and like <laughs> thousands, like and, and that was like a hundred degrees there. It was no joke sure. hot in, in that, but like there was—I'd never been in that bad of mosquitoes, and it was in Safford, Arizona. But like, incidentally, I stayed at the worst hotel I've ever stayed at in my life in Safford, Arizona. That's a pretty dust bowl town there. But uh, we were just unlucky. All the oil and gas yeah. workers had. Booked up every hotel in town. So <laughs> we we happened to be there on, on that night. Anyway. So you started with Lint. Did he do the whole loop with you? No, no, no. Oh, okay. um, his his goal that year was the AZT, and then he jumped on okay. the PCT that year. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Once you got past the AZT, you were kind of on your own. No. Me, I when I, I My goals were completely different that year, and I was pretty hell-bent on what I was doing and um, kind of machine-like a little bit and uh we parted ways at superior yeah Yeah. well it was just the mindset like i was prepared to drink whatever i didn't care like you know it didn't (laughs) didn't matter you know right right there was a point too where even outside of arizona or on the arizona strip in utah like i laid down on a cow patty like put it underneath my like i was my pillow for the night i didn't really (laughs) care it was just just being out there and in like that landscape It, it was you know, because I was always I was pushing the seasons mostly. So yeah. yeah. Well, your trail name is Dirtmonger, so yeah, that too. a cow patty pillow I think is fitting yeah, somewhat. You know? AKA <laughs> monger. What, what was the uh, what was the longest stretch you went without seeing any other people? Like two days, three days? No, there was five days. There was actually I think nine days. Nine wow. days where you didn't see another and person. There was a stretch of six on the Hay Duke, at least six, maybe even like eight. And that one's a weird story how I actually ended up did seeing people. But on the, hate, on the Grand Enchantment, I think I had nine, at least nine. Wow. Um, and that was because, like, yeah, there was forest closures, but then, like, the storms were really bad. There was, like, Magdalena, the town, ran out of water. 
So there was no one anywhere. Well, the town <laughs> ran the out of water. Yeah, because wow. the, there was a water shortage. So at the same time, I'm getting all this rain. There was a severe drought in the town of Magdalena. The aquifer had dried up. So they like oh I get to a, I get to a hotel there and they gave me two bottles of water and say don't shower and don't brush your teeth and I'm just like what like oh you know that's the worst thing you can hear as a through hiker yeah I mean for me it was like oh, whatever but it was still like you know yeah. that town was severely dry but yet after that I was getting inundated with just curtains of water you know it's just really crazy wow. Huh. Everything was muddy. I couldn't even drink the creeks because they were all muddy. I bet the Colorado Trail was a real that was trip a pleasure. to Disneyland after that was all a pleasure. that. <laughs> yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty easy at that point. I didn't have to navigate. So. Yeah. Follow the markers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. water, right. water everywhere. Yeah. It's tread. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. People. Easy hitches. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to you real quickly about, uh, I saw on the, the Vagabond Loop on the webpage, Everett Roos was a big yeah, influence he's huge. on the yeah. on the and we actually covered um finding Everett Roos way yeah. back in December of yeah. 2012 on episode 7 of the Trail Show. So our listeners are familiar with him yeah. and his story, but how did he influence your creation of this route or this loop or the idea to do it? Uh, I'm f- I'm from Los Angeles and and Roos was from Los Angeles and um believe it or not, I actually found out about him from Charles Bukowski which and the I, Charles Bukowski? I, yeah, I found out about like Abby from him and like New oh, Hampson, wow. like all these like, you know, guys who somewhat go outside, but um I just found a a a bond with like a kind of a kindred spirit with Bruce. Sure. And um a lot of it had to do with with my struggle of leaving LA and doing what I wanted to do. With, uh, much like kind of Bruce had that a little bit of struggle, you know. I mean, sure. living in a big city like that and if you're um kind of drawn to the woods a little bit it's it's uh or open spaces it's it's kind of hard to leave sometimes but the spirit of of his vagabond of what you know him getting lost in the, in the southwest utah is very very uh you know intriguing to me and, and i'm drawn to that um i did see uh there's a documentary about him and i saw the world premiere at the escalante art mm-hmm. festival um the year before, prior right after my cdt hike and watching that it was like all right i know exactly what I want to do because I had kind of thought about this before on my CDT hike but when right. I saw that documentary and just the spirit of of what uh Roos represented was it, it's very uh inspiring you know and, and I mean sure. to imagine a 20 year old kid doing something yeah. like that is yeah. beyond belief because I had those like I thought I had those very same similar aspirations but at 20 right. years old I could never even fathom it took me till I was 33 you know to do my first through hike right but for him to do that at 20, like, um, just very yeah. admirable. And yeah, it's pretty incredible. Brave. It's very brave and courageous. And so uh, putting this together and knowing that I would be crossing some of the same paths as him, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I've always kind of had that draw to him. Even on the CDT, I heard there was some, like, there was some French girl dressed up in a brown uniform with a brown hat and trailing two mules. And I was like, oh, that must be Roost and Chocolate, you know? And I just thought that was kind of like, so nice. I'm always drawn to that. So I, I just thought like, if I'm going to do something like this, it's, yeah, it's for myself, but it's like, I feel like it's for, you're kind of honoring the people in the past that have done this, who, who love the pure aspect of being outside away from everybody. And a lot of it too with him was like, I just felt like the defiance and, um, and, and leaving that, LA was very defiant for me, and going to the Utah sure. desert and South Four Corners, where everything else is defiant, like makes a lot of sense to me. And you said I I pulled this quote off off your blog, which I think is really cool. You said, in a way, the vagabond loop is an exploration 
and to myself, one of understanding and acceptance, even one of defiance, a refusal to live like everyone else. Yes. And I yeah. think that's what you're speaking to right now. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and that was Everett Roos. And I think, you know, just the fact that I didn't see anybody out there, I just kind of felt like I'm, I'm living a life that, that, that I'm the only one who wants to live. And uh, it, it validated my struggle from my struggles in L.A. Sure. Uh, totally. You know. Yeah. Talk about um, like a yin and a yang. Like Los Angeles and the, the vagabond, vagabond loop. loop. Yeah. <laughs> Can you yeah. get any more different than that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I mean... You know, it's funny. I've always wanted to do this short story called John Muir in Hollywood. And I always thought it would be kind of interesting to see a character like John Muir living in Hollywood hmm. with the draw of the outdoors, but with the lure of the city sure. and or obligations in the city. And it's not always easy just to leave. And I feel like that's a point that I was also trying to prove. I, I wasn't, you know, I grew up playing basketball and sports and living yeah. in the big city. And yeah, I had mountains behind me, but it was very much sidewalk and... You know, but I have like familial obligations. I have all that stuff. How do you get away from that? And it's not just as easy just to walk out the door and, and sure. go. And it takes a lot of courage and guts, you know. And I think some people really should recognize that when they start taking a step out on the trail, you know, be yeah. a little bit more uh, grateful for what you have in your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of long distance hikers just by just by the <laughs> the sake of what we're doing we're torn between those two worlds quite often yeah we have to work yeah. you know do, you know we all have like we can't just be a bum uh, yeah it's tough did you see any nemos scribbled out there man i wish <laughs> I was, I, you know because there was yeah but you know i did meet guys that like their family saw him go down oh no way the gulch you know in uh escalante it was like so Whoa. i was meeting these characters on trail like um you know, in Escalante, there was the guy. There was a guy there who knew Abby, and he was just as cantankerous as you could yeah. think about. And and his family members, there was like ranchers that knew, that saw Roost like firsthand from their family, like go down the the gulch. Oh, you know, wow. and it was like whoa. And now, so I was getting like really firsthand accounts of of things that happened. Or this guy that picked me up for a hitch out of Mammoth, Arizona, uh, which is near Oracle. Like, he knew Abby, or he met Abby at Oracle, and he gave me a ride. We talked so much, we blew past Mammoth, and we were like, oh, crap, you got to go back to Mammoth. And, like, <laughs> it was like, I couldn't believe I was meeting these people. You know, it was really cool. That Did you out. have yeah. a hiking experience before you set out on this thing? You must have, right? Because this is... Hiking experience? Yeah, you like, mean, long, like long-distance hiking experience? Uh, yeah, I had yeah. done the CDT, PCT. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I... Yeah. But, but you did this whole loop without having done the AT? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, dude. <laughs> How I heard that was vital for <laughs> for yeah. the vagabond. Yes, I mean, torrential yeah. rains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. mosquitoes, mosquitoes, tarantulas. Yeah, yeah, tarantula, scorpions. Yeah, yeah, you know, all that fun stuff. Windmills. You still haven't? You, have you hiked the AT or no? No, no. Mm. Do you have any plans to? Um, maybe at a certain time of season. In yeah, a, yeah, you know, winter. Season. I, yeah. Maybe like one day fall. down the line, like we, you know, me and Bearclaw talked about, like a oops, a sobo in the fall time. Yeah, yeah, you know. sure, be beautiful. I mean, something like perfect. that. Uh, it really, as of now, there's so much other wild places. I, I want to be like immersed in emptiness. Like, I, I just yeah, think and you don't get that. Thing. You don't get that on the AT. Yeah. The emptiness just isn't there. You wouldn't go nine days without seeing it. <laughs> that's why I asked because I think that's one of the one of the amazing things about going on a long distance hike is the fact that you might be able to not see somebody else yeah. for a day. 
Think yeah. about that. Think about how many people you see like yeah. every day all over sure. the world. Right. How many people there are in the world. Everywhere you go, right? You get off a plane and there's hundreds of thousands of people right there, right? Just where you came from. So it's pretty amazing to be able to go to a place and not see anyone. Well, that was part of the Roost, exp- you know, his world, his poem, Wilderness Song, like, you know, hearing the wind talk to him and mm-hmm. or the ravens. Like that was what you're connected with. And like, yeah, I didn't see anybody, but it didn't bother me because I had the world around me and it was like and that's when the crazy yeah. sets in when you think the crows are <laughs> the, talking to you the crows and <laughs> yeah water you see water and stuff you know i um i i saw the uh, interview with nacho and pepper recently that was on facebook trauma trauma and pepper. Nacho. nacho sorry <laughs> trauma shout out to nacho shout if he's out listening to nacho by the way dudeski dudeski that's one of those non-permitted Dudesky. hikers yeah <laughs> nacho. Uh, that's exactly. right nacho oh, man. Nacho papers. Get your permit, Nacho, please. <laughs> oh, uh, oh trauma and pepper. <laughs> trauma and pepper. And uh, there was something that really stuck with me about what they said, and I've been thinking about it when I started reading about the Vagabond Loop. And one of the things, I think it was Pepper that said, if you're doing something that you know you can succeed at, it's not an adventure. Yeah, I, I, and, I and I thought, you know, I, reverberated. I've never really done that. I mean, of course, there are things that can take you off the trail. You're not guaranteed to finish the CDT or the PCT when you start. But for the most part, you know that when you go out on the CDT or the PCT or, C- PCT or the AT or the C, whatever, most of those trails, when you start it, you know that you have all the skills you need to finish. And it's all there. The trail's all, you know, f- even on the CDT, you know, it's it's pretty much all there, even though there's not trail the whole way. And... um I don't know. It just really stuck with me. And I thought, I've never really done that. I've never really said, I'm going to go try this. And I don't really know if it's doable or if it'll work. When I started reading about the Vagabond Loop, I was like, wow, here's a, here's another example of, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you thought like 100% I'm going to do it. But, you know, there's so many variables on that sort of a loop with various routes being pinned together and stuff that, there was I don't some know. Un- I had some uncertainty. I mean, because just there's so much unknown. I think I, I'm a pretty OCD kind of structured guy, but I found on that trail that because the environment was so extreme, it helped me, it like tempered me out. It helped me balanced. And, and I kind of felt freer that way because I didn't know if it was possible. And I felt like yeah. I was creating something yeah. that was like, like I was writing something, like I was painting yeah. something. It was something that I felt like was right for me. And it just made sense. And I think the cool thing about that is that when you're done, no matter what, that sort of thing, it was an adventure. This is what I did. It just seems really cool because I think for most of us, if we start the CDT and we get halfway and we get injured or something and we had to get off, we say, oh, well, I got off at such and such a point, you know? And it's like there's this unfulfilled trail. But I, it seems like with, with like uh, Trauma and Pepper and, and this Vagabond Loop, like, sure, there was kind of a route planned out, but no matter what you went out there and did, it was still this incredible adventure that yeah. no one could say well you didn't really finish I, the I think anytime you push the <laughs> seasons know. anytime yeah. you push the seasons sure. makes it like it makes it uh it ramps up the ups the ante yeah it that totally does and i mean there was definitely i i mean the hey duke has some sections that you're like if if you take one bad step like, there's no one gonna get you for a while yeah especially you know you know especially if you don't have a beacon or anything else like yeah you know you're in sometimes you're like in the middle of the earth you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean there's no one around <laughs> yeah 
real quick, we got to go to break, yeah. but okay. let's let's come back and let's wrap up this conversation about the Vagabond Loop and, and maybe, if you're willing, talk to you about future hikes. Yeah, sure. You've got mine. Yeah, All no right. problem. When we get back. What the heck does beer have to do with hiking anyway? The Trail Show. And now shattering the barrier between podcaster and audience. Four hikers with smiles you can trust, The Trail Show. Hey, that's great. <laughs> we are drinking two new beers here, both from Hawaii, which is amazing because Ooh. the amount of work that it was to deliver these beers to us from Hawaii is just astronomical. It involved boats, cars, trains. It's insane. Um, there was probably some styrofoam peanuts involved as well. We have the Hawaiian Mahana from the Mahana Brewing Company, we have the Hawaiian Crow Porter. We yes. Also, yes, which is fantastic. I don't think we've opened it yet. We have the Lorenzini Double IPA. This one is We have good. opened, and it is delicious. And this beer is very special. It is a double IPA brewed with blood oranges, local oh citrus, and Maui cane sugar. Ooh. I'm reading from the can here, people. The deep red <laughs> hue is a result <laughs> of the blood... Orange juice and specialty malts. Ow! Aloha. Yes, that's right. These are delicious beers. Yes, and these are from a good friend of mine, Horny Toad, Rhino. Rhino. Um, He's a sea captain, is that correct? He is. He's a captain. Which, is, which, which was the boat leg of the journey of these beers to hear That's us correct. And let me just, I, I know it's not authorized, but I'm going to say a couple things about that Lorenzi. Uh, the Lorenzini IPA, he said this is from the very first batch. Wow. And there, if you notice, there's there's a picture of a woman snorkeling with a shark. I noticed that. So part of the proceeds of, of the Lorenzini beer goes to... Huh. Uh, Victims of shark attacks. No. <laughs> oceanic, <laughs> oceanic research around sharks. <laughs> and the person that's pictured is on the can... Is she studying a shark? Is yes. The yeah. person pictured, pictured on the can is an actual friend of... That's crazy. Of Horny Toad. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he said that she does all the shark tagging locally and has learned that there are a lot more big sharks near the shore in Hawaii than the tourism industry would like the general hey public now. to know. Why am I not surprised about that? Mags. Is shark tagging like hashtagging? That's correct. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> right. like, it's a little different, man. <laughs> <laughs> she's, got a, she's got a little, like, uh, she just puts little pound signs on them. <laughs> on the sharks. <laughs> Wait, are, does it have anything to do with uh, our friend Casey? In the national yes, parks, yes, something to do like yeah, something like exactly. that. Exactly. Okay. It's not graffiti on a shark. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. What's, what's her name? Casey. Knock it or something. Knock it. Don't be a Casey. Oh, Knockett. good callback. Don't good put callback. that mark on that shark. Yeah. So this is the first <laughs> batch. Really, really good. We may or may not have tried it already at the house. Uh, and he wrote, "Enjoy the beer. Keep up the good work on the trail show." And it's from Marie and Horny Toad. And Boom. we're going to go back to Horny Toad in a little bit because we have something else, too. He, well, he wrote a letter, right? Well, no, that was pretty much it. Okay. I, I distilled it down to that. We've really? got but a special treat we for We got later. a special treat for later All related right. to Horny Toad. Let's finish up this discussion about the Vagabond Loop before we move on. Um, I'm just curious, what what was your longest waterless stretch on that route? Was it on the Hey Duke or was it on one of these connector segments? No, it was on the Hey Duke. Yeah. Um, one of them... Um, 
was pretty significant. I think like 35 or 40, but uh, I took a wrong... That's miles, people. Yeah, I took a wrong uh, a wrong turn, I guess you could say, and, and uh, I kind of got off the map and <laughs> realized, that I, realized that I was pretty much um, like asked out. And uh, oh, I didn't wow. have any water. And so at that point, it was trying to find water. So I, you know, you start looking for water. And after, I think after a while, I, I pretty much had a pretty good nose for water, um, knowing where it was at. And um, I found a really small pothole the size of a laptop, like width-wise, lengthwise, and maybe three inches deep. And I, I was able to get a liter out of it. Yeah. And I, so it, it, made, it made my waterless stretch from like 35 to 45 I eventually Whoa. found my way back, and I camped wow. that night in a wash because um, I, I found my way back. I just kind of scrambled over, up, you know, over some slick rock and climbed up and over it. I camped down in a wash, and I've, I've you know, we as through hikers, you all get hungry and thirsty, and you know, you think about getting to town and having a hamburger. But I've never like dreamt of food or like dreamt of water. Right. But that night, I had like significant dreams, very lucid dreams of like a hamburger. And I was so hungry. And then, and then I woke up. And I don't know if it's just because I was in sand, but I woke up like with my water in my mouth uh, from the water bottle. And then I spit it back in because instantly, as soon as I came to, I realized that I needed that water for the next oh half my of the gosh, day. Oh, my gosh, dude. I still had like 22 miles to go. And I had like uh, in between a quarter to a half a liter. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> so I spit it back in. And it's like, but I had the dream. I was by a lake on the sand. And I thought I had water everywhere. Oh my um, god! Wow! wow. And I, you know, I, it was getting towards June, and it, you know, a lot of that is probably me not carrying a lot of water, but and I made a wrong turn, so that was part of it. But um, you know, I was able to manage all right, and and uh, but it was still my mind was kind of like playing tricks on me a little bit, you know. Wow. So, so you walked that last twenty two with that half yeah. liter, and that was it, man. That was it. So tell wow. me, tell me about getting to that water source. Was it? Sort of. Well, uh, the thing was, you get to Big Spring, which is like you the, know, the, <laughs> like the, the heavens <laughs> open up and you see the water. Again. Uh, it was way <laughs> different than that. So you get to you're in the Needles District in Canyonlands, and you get to like Roads and End. Nothing bad can happen there. Nah, <laughs> nothing, nothing. And um, and it, there's a spring called Big Spring, but when you look off to the left, like you have to go down, and there's like a pretty gnarly climb to get down Ooh. to like a stack of rocks. Like it's, you know. And I saw some people kind of floating up high, like where they had parked. And so um, I was like, I'm not climbing down that sucker. Even though I saw water, it was like, okay, I'm not really safe yet because I'm not climbing down that thing. So I got up to the top and eventually I got a ride to the visitor center because at that point I just needed to like replenish my yeah. Yeah. system. So I got to the visitor center. I had a couple bucks on me. I got some like Powerade and a bunch of water and sat there for like three hours and just tanked up and was able to get my spirits back and ended up like getting a hitch back and then hiking back out again and got significant miles out to Indian Creek, I think it was, or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. Whoa. Jeez. What? Just what an adventure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, it's incredible, man. I mean, we, we, we talk about routes versus trails on the, the trail show a lot, but... I guess if there's anything that epitomizes kind of the spirit of the route, that this vagabond loop is probably it. I mean, from anything I've heard, it's and geez, man, I'm looking at your cartoon map, which I love. We posted a link <laughs> to it earlier today. Um, I, I'd love to. I, I've done sections of this, you know. Never thought of it as a loop, but man, I'm, I'm itching to kind of finish up well, the loop now. I think <laughs> I think you can. Um, I mean, I did it the way I did it because mm-hmm. of. Uh, 
um, maybe my timing with work and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a way to do it differently, you know, starting from Moab and going west. Sure. Um, and I think the timing would work out a lot better that way. Okay. Um, the way I did it definitely pushed certain uncomfortable times of the year. But uncomfortable. Uh, I like how you put that. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, going Moab, you know, early April, even though it might be a little cold, um, you know, I think by the time you got to Zion and the high, eleva- high elevations, the snow might be melted a little bit more. Right. And the North Kaibab Plateau. But I, th- I think the desert would still be cool enough in Arizona. And then you would have the high elevation in New Mexico. And I think you could finish... Like instead of walking New Mexico in July, you could be that Cal- uh, the Colorado portion in in That'd be mid better. to late July, yeah. and I wow. think that would work, you know, much better than what I did. Okay, you know, now, I think once I was in it, I was in it. Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, you did this in 2013, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. so oh. this summer you've got a hike plan that's yeah. that, that might even be more of a route than this. Correct me if uh, yeah, I'm wrong. I, I mean, think so. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about that route at yeah, all? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, it, there's, a, there's a route, uh, the Desert Trail, that I don't think gets enough cre- credit at all. There's a guy named Bruce Buck Nelson. He did a pretty damn good job of putting this route together. And, okay. and uh, there's, there was a Desert, Associa- Desert Trail Association m- some years ago. And they're not, I mean, they're together, but they're not really together. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how unified they are. I'm just kind of getting a feel from just reading. So I haven't like spoken to to a lot of these people, but um, it it, it kind of ties into eastern side of the deserts like Anza Borrego, Joshua Tree, Mojave Preserve, Death Valley, western edge of Nevada in the desert, and then going into the eastern deserts of Oregon and the eastern deserts of Washington. So okay. I'm going to use part of that on the bottom uh, in the California section, uh, in particular through Anza Borrego. Um, and then I'll make my own way through Joshua Tree, and then uh, I'm doing something a little bit different in Death Valley, making it pretty mm-hmm. challenging there in regards to, like, um, tying it in with the lowest to highest theme that I did last year with Swami, Bobcat, and Malto. Right. Um, also, and Bre- also Brett Tucker. Brett Tucker production. Yeah, exactly. The Water <laughs> Whisperer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, so once I, hit the, once I hit Nevada, I'll be piecing together those basin ranges all the way up uh, – through Nevada to tie into the ICT, Idaho Centennial Trail. <gasps> okay. um, and then <gasps> at that point, yeah, tie in right on the Pacific Northwest Trail and then potentially go up left into the into the GDT. So. <gasps> well, I'll say a quick shout out to Buck Nelson. To me, he's yeah. one of these people that he's done some amazing things. Very few people know who he is. He's a retired smoke jumper hmm. from the Forest Service, and he did the uh, the Brooks Range hiking it and kayaking it, or canoeing it, rather, to okay. the mouth. And he just does really cool things, and it's well worth Googling him. Totally. His just, website's just, good. And um, he has a video of it. And just a really, I met him on the CDT when he was, I was volunteering, and he was walking through. Just a very unassuming guy. Huh. And beca- I think because he's retired and he's, has a pension such he doesn't really need to promote himself. He just does it and sure. But anyways, yeah. just look up his stuff. It's really cool what he's done. And I, I think it he deserves a lot of I mean it, what he did was pretty damn oh. cool. Did you say yeah. pension or penchant? Pension. Pension. I'm okay. guessing he's retired from the forest service. Yeah. And there's there's two a, different words. There's a yeah. set of guidebooks for <laughs> the desert trail, believe it or not. And okay. This guy named Steve Tabor um he put it together some guidebooks and they're available. If you contact him, he has them like in storage in his garage and they're from like late nineties, early two thousands. Oh, wow. Um, and they put significant work into walking into random canyons in the desert to piece together a route. So 
you know, I'm, I'm definitely using part yeah. of that, making my own feel to it. Um, I know like Zoner did a really rad route. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have him on a future that, show. Yeah, you guys should. Yeah. Really cool. And um, so I'm kind of using, well, I had my idea and I realized that my idea is very similar to his, but I'm going to incorporate right. a couple more ra- basin ranges. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not calling this route anything. It's it's just I just want to be outside. So and I want to go in some place where I haven't been. And, yeah. Um, you know, and, and in particular because it's it's big empty tracks of wilderness that not very many people go to. That uh, I I think that's part of the route finding. Maybe it needs to get more backing in it. Is that we need to explore these areas. Like sure. we need to go and see them. I mean, I know it's like. Yeah, we don't want to be overcrowded, but at the same time, I think we really need to explore these. Like, this is we're this is our public land, and if we don't use it, it's gonna go away. And I think as a a through hiker, it's our responsibility to go to these faraway places. I I agree, and I, and I tell you what, if folks want to read up more about the Vagabond Loop and maybe even this route you're doing this summer, they can go to freedirtmonger.blogspot.com. Not dot max. Yeah, not Mexico. Yeah, come on, Dilo, please. <laughs> um, it, is there anything else about the Vagabond Loop you want to mention before we move on? Um, I, I do like, you know, credit definitely Brett Tucker was very helpful in that connection between um, Moab and Albuquerque. Sure. And I, I got into a bind in Red River and I was supposed to have my maps there and everything like that. And uh, they weren't. And, Ooh. you know, that town wasn't very trail friendly unless you were from Texas and had a nice SUV <laughs> and being bearded and, and tanned Dirty. and swarthy. It was like, who the hell are you in here? <laughs> so I ended up like, yeah. you know, Brett Tucker was able to get me maps on the fly, um, to wow. go through some areas that, um, uh, it was, you know, I, if I didn't have these maps, it would be very hard for me to get through these areas. And a lot of it was from, like he had done some, uh, a route to the Northern New Mexico route, which is a pretty cool route oh, yeah. himself. Um, so I used part of that and, you know, Lee Bramfors was very helpful too. Swami sure. and his, in his, uh, just backpacking in general type guide. He was very good. Cause I, I didn't have anybody to talk to that summer. So, um, also Turkey, uh, not Turkey, Vulture Death, not Turkey Vulture. Um, <laughs> vulture Death. <laughs> vulture Death. So he's a, a little known guy too. Um, he lives in, outside of Santa Fe and he had researched a route from Santa Fe to Albuquerque. Okay. And I got in contact with him from Brett Tucker, and I was able to, like, walk right into his house. And it was on the route. And wow. uh, as soon as I got underneath his porch, it, like, lightning and rain started coming down. <laughs> and, like, they, him and his wife, uh, Magic, I think is, was her name, uh, they put me up for dinner. And he, we talked trail, and he showed me a way that I could possibly get through. And um, I do want to say that this, that section there that I did it, at a time of the year I did do it, there was a lot of like closures, and uh, you know I, I fires, fire closures, yep, sure. and uh, and also just from lightning, hmm. um, the potential for fire. Oh, okay. Um, right. and Keep there, people I, out. You know, I didn't do everything probably the most law-abiding way, but <laughs> I think it was also the spirit of the loop. And you know, I'm not going to get into p- specifics, but I think like as a human being with with land that's in front of you, and and if you treat it right. You know, sure. I feel like there's a way that we could get we along, could enjoy it, and get along. And you know, there was a part in that section between Santa Fe and, and Albuquerque where I wasn't sure if if you know, the guy that was there, if he would have turned me in or not. And 
you hmm. know, um, I was like, my vagabond loop may be over. Wow. But, no kidding. you know, and it was, it was kind of like, holy I didn't think anybody was out here. And like, lo and behold, there's like an, an old Mexican dude like cleaning the spring. And it was like, oh, done. But, you know, I, I think there's an element of, of no matter where you go, whether it's the PCT, CDT, mm-hmm. or off travel or off trail and on your own route, just, just treat the land with respect. And I think that goes, you know, just like you would treat a human being. I think sometimes almost the land deserves more than what a human being deserves. Uh, I'm sorry to say that, but it's kind of how I feel sometimes or well, more often than not. Incredible, man. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much for talking to yeah, us about the Vagabond amazing. Loop. And hang tight and panel with us for the rest of this show. We got sure. a lot more beer we need to drink. That's right. Yes. But um, what an incredible loop. We'll throw up a link to, I think we already threw up a link. We'll to threw it the, up today. Okay, very good. It's out there. Let's uh, transition over to trips of the past month. I know that you just got back from Utah and Dilo just got back from his backyard and Mexico. Uh, oh, what? Oh, that's right. He went well, to Cabo. D- Dilo, let's start with you then, man. <laughs> got some fake well, tattoos. I, you went I, to Mexico? I was in Mexico last week. I was on a scouting <laughs> mission in the Baja Peninsula. Okay. Uh, the tip of the Baja Peninsula it involved um, Just an all inclusive resort. <laughs> yeah, with my in laws. Just a tip. <laughs> <laughs> and my uh, two and a half year old son in a king size bed and a lot of sleep, actually. Yeah, it was, it was Ooh, quite, quite relaxing. Right. One thing that was uh, interesting about my trip to Baja, there was actually one, two things that I really liked about it. We were in a town that had resorts all along the beach, but it was mm-hmm. a real town right behind it. So that was kind of cool because you weren't on some, in some gigantic resort 30 miles from some town. You could just walk out front of your resort and walk into town. So that was kind of nice. You know, you could, and they uh, didn't even cool. know that you were a tourist. No, there was... You know, oh. When you go to these places in Mexico, you see the... Uh, in my... I like to say you see the worst of America. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You see all these like, you know, fat guys that are drinking beer at like 10 in the morning. Bakersfield? Hey, um, what's wrong with hey, that, hey, dude? Hey. And <laughs> you see there has been trophy wives who are like so tanned brown and their hair is blonde and they're, you know, 65 years old, right? So you kind of mm. see, in my opinion, the worst of America. But it's fun. It's relaxing. You know, it's warmer than where you are. Um, and, uh, well... T- Two other things that I'll mention here before we segue into the next trip, which will probably be Mags. Yeah. Um, I actually caught my very first fish. Whoa! Saltwater fishing? Saltwater fishing. Yeah. Uh, like, first fish of your life? Yes, I have never... What? Been, I've never really gone... I've, the reason why I haven't gone fishing is because when I was a youngster, my grandfather took us out fishing, my sister and I, got a hook stuck in a tree, yanked it out of the tree, and it wound up in my sister's arm. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, I hit that button by so, mistake. So that was like the last time I went fishing when I was probably like 12, you know? <laughs> so um, I've never been much of a fisherman, but my, my father-in-law loves boats, and he really wanted, on his bucket list was to go deep sea fishing in, off of, ba- wow. you know, in the Pacific yeah. off Baja. So he chartered a boat and we went out. And let me just say it was about five hours of just sitting on the back of a boat watching fishing rods trail off of it and about... Maybe 10 minutes of excitement. But I caught a fish <laughs> Yes, with the help of the captain, um, and it was about a 15-pound bonito, a type of uh, tuna. Did you eat it? Of course we ate it. So oh. what we did, what we did, and maybe we should, yes. put, we should put up some pictures on our website, but we took the fish off the boat, and I walked through Cabo San Lucas, which is a big tourist trap, so sure. with a fish in a plastic bag, you know, a big you know, two-foot-long fish with the tail hanging out of a plastic bag Yeah, about 45 minutes to the restaurant where they promptly cooked it for us. Nice. And then we ate it for dinner again that night. I just had this vision. We're going to call him D-Lo Hemingway. 
<laughs> he's got six toe cats running around him and he's the last eating. thing i want to mention about the old man in the sea that, the last yeah, thing i want to mention about we were in the town of san jose del cabo san jose del cabo was hit by a severe hurricane in september oh, i heard about drastic this. hurricane hurricane odile um and it just caused tremendous damage to many of these monstrous resorts right on the beach there the the hotel that we stayed in was maybe one third open and the other two-thirds of the hotel was a complete construction zone. Ooh. So there was dump trucks and backhoes and men with jackhammers and just people everywhere working from about 6, 7 in the morning until 9 at night, six days a week. So That's how Mexicans do it, yeah. man. Yeah, well, they're getting it done. You know, I have to, <laughs> give, them, I have to give them credit. <laughs> is, this, is this what your room sounded like? Um, yeah, actually, you know, there was you're, men, you're trying to sleep. there was men on a, <laughs> on a roof that they were building maybe 50 feet away and they were putting roped two in, by fours, right? Roped in. Yeah. That's the <laughs> thing about Mexican construction sites is, uh, they're not as safe as construction sites yeah. in the United States. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's wrong country. Sorry. You no, know, there's not many people wearing hard hats. Nobody has no. vests. There's like all sorts of like flip flops and young women walking around. Jackhammers. Like school children oh, coming in and out. Women can't be in construction sites? Well, when they're like 12 years old with oh, like a book bag. Girls. You yeah. Mean. You know, it's like these people are coming in. There's a lot of different people Were working you like, different things. What are you girls doing up here on this construction site? <laughs> Basically, I was just like hanging out there on the, on the, deck with my two and a two and two third year old son and he was just like wow backhoes <laughs> dump trucks hammers hammers <laughs> right on all right sorry okay max, max. please utah well, well i didn't actually go to utah oh i went to the grand junction fruta area oh hmm. okay and this is would have been my third i'm sorry fourth week in a row without any Backcountry time. Ooh. I, my wife actually told me to get out of the house on Valentine's weekend. <laughs> what? Because I was getting grumpy because we had the winter. <laughs> oh, I totally understand that. We're, we had the winter OR, which was great, but it wasn't backcountry time. But no. there was gear there. Oh, <laughs> lots of gear. Lots of it was like being trapped in REI for three days. <laughs> uh, we had. Um, I was on call, so I couldn't go out um, because my job every five weeks or so I have to be in cell phone range to do IT stuff. My car broke down, which we'll go into a later segment. So oh, this has been the fourth week without backcountry time. My wife said, exactly. She basically said either get out of the house and do something or, well, I didn't want to hear what the or was. Yeah. So You're like, I'll leave. I'll go. I'm out. I got her blessing on Valentine's weekend to go away. Wow. Yes, that was her Valentine's gift to me. But in any case... I didn't want to go too far. I didn't want to go to northern New Mexico like I did last year. The weather was mild. The snowpack is terrible in Colorado right now, which yes. means the trail news yeah. will probably be reporting fires in July. But that's for later this year. So I didn't want to drive too far, so I went to the Grand Junction area. I went to a place I went to back 13, sorry, 14 years ago called the Black Canyon Ridge Wilderness. They were canyons. and Just, was, just west of Colorado Monument? Yes, it's just, I know where you're talking about. It's man. literally I was there many, many years ago. I wanted, I've been itching to go back. It's just an amazing yeah. little area. You can do cross country travel. You can make your own routes. Um, it has arches there and higher concentration anywhere else except for Arches National Park. Where, what wow. was the weather like this That's time cool. of year there? Beautiful. Yeah, it, it was a little cold my last day, but otherwise it's really. What do you late. mean by little cold? Give me some temps. Low twenties at night. Could maybe? you give them to me in Calvin's, uh, please? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, PUD requires Kelvin. Low twenties right. at night. Um, so I did a 
tonight, rather than do one big trip just to try to avoid ski traffic, I did two out and backs over the weekend. I left later in the day. In fact, Dirtmonger saw me. As it turns <laughs> yeah, out. yeah. What are the odds? Yeah. Serendipity, maybe. It was the stickers on the car that gave it away. <laughs> it was the giveaway. It was, he literally saw me driving by. So. It said in huge letters, pmax.com. <laughs> 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 yeah, why did you get your truck wrapped with pmax.com? hiking I, trip ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just canyons and creeks and arches. Sounds nice. Yeah. We should go sometime. Then I agree. The, the following day, you know, I still had some time. So you know what? I've always wanted to see No Thoroughfare Canyon Colorado National Monument. Ah, beautiful canyon, and you can get backcountry permits in Colorado National Monument. Usually, it's more car camping, but I did a quick out and back, and um, the second waterfall is actually quasi off trail, and I had it all to myself. I see twenty people, like what the heck's going on? Quasi evil, semi evil. It was a search and rescue. One young man had clipped himself out. Oh. In the monument? Yeah. What? He did the, again, it's not maintained trail after a certain point. He was doing some sort of loop out there. Pro- well, <laughs> the cliffed out route. He, had no, he didn't even have a day pack. Oh, geez. So, I bet he didn't even have a permit. It's easy well, to get up, but hard to get down. Yeah, and that's what <laughs> that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. I mean, there were desert bighorn sheep above where he exited. Whoa. Which is really cool to see desert bighorns, by the way. Sure. Probably laughing at him. Yeah, and, like, ah! <laughs> and the rangers. It was five o'clock, and I said, "So you don't plan on going past the second waterfall, do you?" I said, oh, "No, no. Oh, good. We don't want two search and rescues yeah. in a day." Oh my gosh! But I just wanted. It was just really beautiful, and I ta- I saw the ranger the following morning. Yeah, I said, "Oh, good. We're glad you just kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're here." Yeah, yeah. B- basically, <laughs> and it, and this is the really cool part. Um, and he says, "Oh, you have to go back to reality." I just smiled because many years ago, when I first started backpacking. A through hiker said to me in the Appalachian Trail, "This is reality." And he pointed to the mountains. Right. That's chaos. And pointing to the road, and I told the ranger that, and he just started chuckling. He says, "That's very true." And that's how I ended my trip. Nice, very good, very and cool. It was just what I needed, and I didn't get a divorce. So, and it's a <laughs> success all around. So, thanks to my wife for letting me go out on Valentine's weekend. Now, talking about the lack of snowpack in Colorado, P.O.D. and I did a ski weekend. I know, shut the for, show down. A yep. ski no, weekend. No, no. It, it's just bad. We, we skied out from Crested Butte to Gothic, which is hey. four miles out, and it was so warm. And keep in mind, 9,300 feet in February should be quite cold. It should be beautiful it was, skiing. It was almost 50 degrees and in the sun, we were in shorts and t-shirts. It's terrible. Not only is it terrible skiing, it's very unsafe skiing. At Disco that. skied in in his uh, swim trunks and long socks. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> so yeah. we, we skied out to Gothic. It was our annual P. Diddy President's Day weekend uh, trip with the Noodleheads. And um, the last couple of years, we, we've actually every year we take someone else. It's always Disco, myself, MacGyver, the Noodleheads. T-Dub usually shows up for a day. But um, we also take someone else. We always take someone else. And um, oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. And oh. this year it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, pouring a beer over your computer. Anyway. <laughs> my computer. This oh. year it was my friend Kat. Meow. My friend Kat has never, ever been on skis before. Ever. She's a snowboarder, but she's never been on skis. And uh, the snow was pretty hard. It was like ice. And going into Gothic, it's pretty much downhill all the way. And she did great, and she's not afraid of anything, so that really helps with Nordic skiing because it's so weird. Free heel. But um, she really did great, and uh, we had a great weekend. I pretended like I was 26 again. I think I'm still recovering from that. Yeah. Um, 
but it was really fun. We we spent a couple of days out there, and MacGyver and I tried to do some <laughs> sledding uh, one day on this luge that they built, and then MacGyver broke the sled. Um, yeah, they did build a luge, which was quite interesting. But it was so warm, and the yeah. snow was so soft, you couldn't really... That was my next question. You couldn't really lose properly. There is one hill right in front of their cabin, and I did get quite a bit of speed going on that one. So, And by the way, I threw a picture up from their cabin window. It's on our Instagram feed and Twitter feed, so take a look. It was quite nice out there this weekend. You can see Gothic Mountain looming in the background. Yeah, it was almost 50 degrees, and there, uh, it makes me a little concerned about what wildfire season is going to look like in Colorado it's, this summer. And not Sierra, of course, as well. And it's just, I hear about the town without water. It's just, that's, that's it, another yeah. show in itself. But. March and April are traditionally the snowiest that's months correct. in Colorado, yeah. so that's don't give say. up hope yet. We, we have a big Fing- storm coming this weekend. Fingers crossed. Yep, exactly. Fingers crossed. Dirtmonger and Bearclaw, did you guys do, have you guys done any trips in the recent weeks? <laughs> any, like, day trips? Anything worth mentioning? Other than the last Gossamer Gear Trail Ambassador trip in Moab, that oh, was yeah. the last one we did. Okay. Right? Cool. Yeah. Oh, and t- tomorrow we're doing one. Oh, yeah? Doing a little Denver urban through hike uh, somewhere? Beer hike? Brew hike? We were thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> TBD. Oh, we're, we're actually we're going to be going up Conundrum Hot Springs outside Ooh. of Aspen. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nice. Nice choice. Yeah. You, do you, we'll let you, you know go into Conundrum? Uh, well, we know that that storm's coming in, and it's supposed to be Friday night, so... Right. Just Saturday, yeah. Just yeah. Be, ver- be very careful. It's a known avalanche shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we don't want to read about you in the paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. But uh, the last snow system didn't deliver very much snow back there because we were in Gotham. No, we got nothing. It was this, like yeah. a this one is actually supposed to be, supposed uh, to be northern yeah. and northeastern. But I think Colorado. it doesn't start till Friday night. Yeah. So, yeah. but they're saying it's going to be big. So, yeah. We can, we, hopefully, we'll get a, a nice dump. Hopefully. All right. Tell you what. Let's go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about. The trail show calendar, which involves um, our Liveville trip coming up, a brew hike in Longmont, and we're going to have a trail tip of the month, which we're going to throw to Dirtmonger. He still doesn't know about that yet. I should probably tell him. And mailbag, and we'll take it from there. Sound That's good, it. everybody? Sounds right. like a plan. Right, we'll be right back. What's with all the gear, fear? Quit being sissies. The trail show. Grab a brew. The trail show is back. And we just want to remind you that this month's trail show is sponsored by the Leadville Hostel. Wild Bill is at your service. And uh, Dilo, why don't you share a personal story from an experience you've had at the Leadville Hostel? Don't be surprised if and when you find yourself at the Leadville Hostel if you find a lovely Hawaiian woman dry (laughs) humping you. Don't be surprised. It happens all the time at the Leadville Hostel at 10,000 feet above sea level at Wild Bill's Cabanas. That's right. The Leadville Hostel, where wild Hawaiian women will dry hump you at 10,000 feet above sea level. (laughs) Guaranteed, huh? Just as a side note, during break at some point, Dio asked me, (laughs) like he had a brain fart and said, hey, are you Hawaiian? (laughs) 
Oh, D-Lo. D-Lo, man. Apologies to Wild Bill, because that's probably not the kind of promotions you were looking for from the trailer. But it's just just goes to show you that anything can happen at the Leadville Hostel. At 10,000 feet. Above sea level. Book now, leadvillehostel.com. We are going to be there recording a live show April 18th. Rooms are going to go quickly, so get on get on the horn now and uh, get your room ready. Be there, be square. That's right. And we have opened a myriad of beers <laughs> from our good friends. Just Bill. He just Bill. He it came by rickshaw at first. Oh, huh. then those trendy ones from downtown. That's right. Sweet. Then it kayaked in Boulder Creek, <laughs> then catapulted <laughs> to this very porch. That the listeners can't yeah. see. Were any of the beers damaged during the catapulting? Actually, some were. That's why <laughs> we'll go into the book later, but there's some beer stains on the book. <laughs> well, I, I don't care what you guys are drinking, but I am drinking... What are you drinking? The Sophie, which is the uh, Belgian... Belgian-style style farmhouse, farmhouse ale from Goose Island Brewing Company, also the makers of the infamous Christmas in a Cup! There, That's correct. There yes. is just an amazing selection nope. of different oh, yeah. beers. This beer might be in the running for 2015 Trail Show Beer of the this Year. This beer is so good, I had to have a moment by myself. I would Ooh. like to request that Before our, break our beer stenographer, who is listening right now, please jot down these and notes. By that, you mean the Princess by of that Darkness? Me, yeah, P.O.D. is uh, taking over the... Uh, you're the beer stenographer? Yeah, because yeah. whoever it was that volunteered to be our beer person, <laughs> they volunteered, out. and then they put the bong Crickets. down and forgot that they had volunteered. All right, so we've we've cracked open some goose so island. So thank you. Oh my god, the Sophie. What's is in that so blue good. can? Is so that the and that uh, one's from Bell's, Bell's, Michigan, oh, Michigan represent brew. the winter white ale from Bell's. Mm. Okay. Because let me tell you something. It's you good. go to Michigan in the winter and people look like they're dead. <laughs> Man, they are white. I gotta say, like every, every time I go there in the winter to visit my family and I go to church, everyone's like, "You're so tan." Well, we go outside in Colorado. Yeah. But also, the sun doesn't shine in Michigan. It's this, crazy. Uh, this winter white ale from Bell's, um, like they say in Hawaii, it's <laughs> delicioso. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so we've talked about the Leadville, the upcoming Leadville ab- event. Let's talk quickly. It looks like we've firmed up a date for the Longmont Brew Hike. <gasps> <Yeah>. <gasps> oh, let me get my phone out so I can put up my calendar right now. Can I, All right. Can I give a brief description? Please, please, Mags. Because... Originally, there were five breweries, but since we announced it, a sixth one has opened up. Yes. What? So now there are six breweries oh and five God. miles. <laughs> wow. Saturday, May 16th is oh, the day. can't do it. For those listeners who may be doing the calculations at home, that's less than one mile between each brewery. Ooh. So we're going to hit um, Chubb Burger, which has Oscar Blues on tap, oh. including tasting beers. Chubb. We're, we're going to hit a Longmont favorite called uh, the Pump House. Yeah, which Pump ha- it up. We're going to hit uh, Longmont Peak, which is basically the southern sun of Longmont. The peak of okay. Longmont. How far it, is Longmont from here? Um, It's 15 miles. Yeah, 20-minute drive can or we, so. Uh, can we maybe pool our money and get like a giant minivan, like one of those church minivans, and have Gummy Bear drive it for us? <laughs> we'll figure out as we get closer. Okay. Um, we're going to do 300 Suns Brewery. Okay. Ooh. We're going so to much do better than just the one Southern Sun. There you go. Yeah. We're, we're going to be doing Left Hand Brewery, which is kind of the same yeah. generation as Avery. It's been around for a while. Makes a Good very one. delicious yeah. nitro milk stout. Ooh. Hey now, that's one of my favorites. And what was the other one? It's a tip of my tongue. Grossbart. 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 Which means big beard in German. 
Oh, we yeah, should get yeah, the real hiking Viking that. to come with us. Oh, that'd be so perfect. I think he's going to be on trail yeah, I know. in May. Speaking of big beards, quick shout out, check. Peter? Yeah, Peter's just sister. Had a, just had a Bambino, apparently. Wow. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't even what? know he was expecting. Speaking of big beards, yeah. I, didn't I know, thought he so had just put on some pounds for the winter. I thought that was somebody <laughs> else's baby. I didn't realize it was his. Oh, uh, wow. So congrats. Yeah, congratulations. So anyway, it'll be in May. Um, quite a few breweries and a few miles. And we're going to try and have a... Uh, a uh, superstar guest on that hike, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We yeah. have we yet have to. to... Hey, we have to reach out to this gentleman, but yeah. we're going to try. We are. Also, Beauty. there's another event coming up in March, right? March 14th is the... Uh, yes, the Ruck. CDTC Ruck. Yep. Which will be in Golden. Which will be Golden American Mountaineering and Center. just as soon as Snorkel gets the registration form online, we will send you the link. Absolutely. Yes, we will. And we're going to have some representatives from all the West there. In fact, it may That's be, correct. Maybe yeah. someone on the show... Bear Claw, you going to be there? That, nice. Okay, very oh, good. Fantastic. And we're going to have a special guest introduce it. And we're going to call it Dago Night because <laughs> <laughs> because it's Mr. Whitney LaRufa. Yeah. And we're going to have DiLorenzo. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we're going to have Magnanti all in the same and show. And do not Oof. bring the Clippers unless you bring the Dryvac to... Bowl of pasta as big as your head. That's right. So, some exciting stuff coming up. Very good. Well, let's, uh, let's do a little trail tip. <laughs> And now it's time for Trail Tip of the Month, and I am going to throw it over to Dirtmonger. He's got an interesting trail tip about salmonella. If you're going to hike a desert trail, get salmonella first, and that way you can drink any amount of that crappy water and not get sick. So are you speaking from experience? <laughs> yes. Okay, tell us what happened, please. Well, I got salmonella from uh, Machaca con huevos. Wait, oh. whoa, wait a minute. Oh, dude, that sounded Hawaiian. Hawaiian. What? Dude, was that Hawaiian? Did you just speak to us in Hawaiian? Was that Hawaiian? <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> Mahalo. 2007, I got salmonella. Okay. From Machaca con huevos. Donde? In uh, Los Toros in Chatsworth, California. The Como porn. con huevos? Los Toros, yeah. that's why. Bowls? Yeah. You had Never bowls and eggs? <laughs> <laughs> well, a bad egg, a bad bull egg. Whoa. Uh, you, uh, wait, no, a wait, wait a minute. Wait a testicle. No. Not, not a bull egg. Ju- no. Dude, you were eating bull testicles. No, no, it's not. Machacalo. It's California, not Rocky Mountains. Oh, okay. Machacalo. Have you ever eaten bull testicles? No. Okay. No, no. They're but good, you ate dude. you ate a bull egg? No. <laughs> wait a minute. What are we? <laughs> let's he back said, up. He said los toros, which means the bulls. Okay. Yeah, I, I had a cow egg. Yeah. No, a chicken no, egg. No, a chicken egg. a chicken egg. And... And it got me oh, sick. Just an egg. Just a chicken egg. It was... Yeah. Machaca con huevos is like shredded beef with egg. And then, so that eggs that was mixed in that beef was cow. bad. And so I ended up like, you know, losing a lot of weight. And Tell us about that. But what happened because <laughs> of it, it developed a strong sense of intestinal fortitude. Wow. Oh, wow. Dude, I'm okay. with you on that now, one, Now, if man. you get I'm salmonella, you is, do you have to take meth or is that just cure on its own? You say meth? Yeah. That's what I heard, man. Salmonella, let's do some meth. Well, I mean, I took a series of... I mean, you are in Cali, I took a series of pills... And then none uh, of them were math. No, <laughs> no. Eventually, it went away. Okay. But you know, if you're going to go on a very extreme, like waterless or alkaline hike, where you, the water is going to be pretty nasty, I yeah. think if you subject yourself to getting this type of ailment, yeah, I think it'll help you in the long run. Okay. So. <laughs> And there so, it is, ladies and gentlemen. Get salmonella before your long waterless stretch. 
Mags. So I have a follow-up for Dirtmonger. So would sure. you recommend <laughs> eating raw chicken? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would help. Oh, my God. How, how best do you get salmonella? Can, can you just take salmonella Probably raw pills? chicken would raw be chicken? the best part. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. But it, it, in order to combat that, like to really make it even tougher while you go on these hikes, like carry bleach with you. It also helps whiten your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> the that, double trail tip of the that, month. You get that Shakira people. smile. No, so, I, we had it this year. Remember, uh, I'm talking to my wife, Bear Claw, right now. We were in Edna, and we were talking to a dentist from Alabama. Yeah. And well, he was like, dentist hey, from you know, Alabama probably doesn't see too and many so he's teeth. like, oh, what do you use for a water filter? I'm like, oh, I use bleach. And I'm like, well, I don't know, man. My teeth get so white on a thru-hike. I feel so healthy. He's like, well, it's because you use bleach, you dummy. What? But he didn't say dummy. I just added that. But. It's true. So do the raw chicken and bleach diet. Yeah, it totally <laughs> oh works. Oh, my God. You can send all inquiries to legal at freedirtmonger.blogspot.com. Dot <laughs> 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 MX. Dot <laughs> MX. Dot MX. Oh, the wow. Dot MX is where he got the Machicalical Webble. Yeah, it's a Hawaiian <laughs> website. Dot <laughs> H-I. Okay, very good. Oh, geez. I think we got more than a few letters this month. Yeah, we, we did. We, we have a few. I mean, would you like to start, P.O.D.? Sure. I, uh, should I read this one from Homework since he's my favorite? Oh, uh, Trevor McKee sends do. us a letter. Do. Hey, Trail Show. I'm taking off to raft down the Grand Canyon for 25 days with some friends, and I'm super excited. Not just for the big water and 25 days of drift, but I get to listen to the back stock of episodes I've been collecting since I finished my PCT through hike this fall. Ooh. <laughs> it's been so hard to not listen to new episodes. At one point, I snapped... And listen to the Red Tent episode. Oh, bonus show. Why I picked that one, I don't know. I know why, because we women are awesome. But it was good. It brought up some really good points of things she hikers deal with out on the trail that he hikers don't. Safety stood out the most in my mind, especially after my experience on the PCT. I was hiking with these badass girls named Guz and Cheshire, who were only 18 and 19 at the time. They were charging toward the border in order to finish before their freshman year of college. In parentheses, I wish I had my together enough to do that at their age. Anyways, this older section hiker kept semi-aggressively saying inappropriate things to them and about them. At one point, he crossed the line, and I asked him how he would feel if the tables were turned. They're younger than your daughters, man. Do you think it makes them feel very safe having an old dude hit on them out here? He got the picture and apologized. We sped ahead the next couple of days, and word spread about him. We didn't see him after that, but apparently he headed home. What stuck with me the most was how it seemed like everyone came together to protect Guz and Cheshire. Not that they couldn't do it themselves, but they had their hiking community right there and ready to rally. And I think that's pretty powerful stuff and is one thing about a thru-hike that rekindles your hope in humanity. Anyways, I have $280 worth of beer for the next month to pack up. That's one nice thing about rafting. Heavier gear and more beer. Woo! Yeah. Thanks for being awesome. Homework. Thank you for being awesome. Homework. Yes. Great letter. Thanks. Should I? Well, let's just tag team here. Yeah. So okay. this is from our good buddy, Buddy Sesums. The Buddy Sesums. There you go. Well, you've done it again and found the perfect balance of hiker entertainment. You may be self-proclaimed hiker trash, but you always bring the fun. My poor golden retriever had to walk quite a ways through Vero Beach, urban snorkel style, to get through the episode. The show is great, and I can't wait for part B. A surprise OR Celebrity Trail Story bonus show would be icing on a cake. One that no six-year-old should ever listen to. That's right, never. Oh, definitely definitely not. 
While the family did not particularly enjoy our local sections of the FT nearly as much as the Virginia AT, the trail show continues to get us on the trail. As a proud native Floridian, looking forward to some long weekends with the dog this winter on the FT. Keep them coming, buddy. Hey, buddy, I'm going to recommend a documentary for, for you <laughs> since you're from Florida. It's called Florida Man, and we put a link up on our, uh, our website. And Dirtmonger, actually, I think Wait, We both you guys, watched it last night. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think? Well, I thought it was going to be bum fights. <laughs> part, oh, here she, here she comes, but then she it comes. got all. It was beautiful. It was really cool. It was it's a really good documentary. Yeah. Buddy Sessoms, you should watch it. That's that's what we're trying to say here. It's on our Facebook page. Very good. Okay. All right. TTS, TT, TS crew, it says. Just finished listening to the show on the way to work this morning. It was so great to hear you all enjoying the beer from Germany. Oh, this is Angus McBruenstein. That's right. And getting to share it with other hikers. The beer you guys were liking so much was the Rausch beer. Rausch beer. My favorite. I'm about to have... I'm about to move back stateside in May, June time frame. And Texas has very lenient laws on import of alcohol. I know. So I will be packing up several racks of smoked beer to take to Texas with us. Once we get there, I'm going to try to hike the Lone Star Trail since it's right in the same area where we will be living. Hmm. If I get the chance, I might try and swing up that way to get in some hiking and taste some fine Colorado beers as well. I was on PMAGS.com the other day checking out the 10th Mountain Huts. Whoa. I used to be in the 10th and have earned my mountain tab. Oh, oh awesome. Wow. Yeah. If I get the chance to come up there, I'm definitely going to check them out. I'm assuming that they have some decent trails to the areas for those of us who don't backcountry ski. Absolutely. You can snowshoe them if you don't want to ski. And Sa- that's what I would recommend, Angus. Sad that you don't D- want to ski. Sad that Dilo didn't get to imbibe with you all because yard maintenance can make an awful thirst. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing what you do, what you all do, and please keep the show alive, Angus McBay. And we drank two of his beers at the front of the show, which we saved for Delo because That's we knew right. he would like that they're, Optimus they're Imperial oh, yes. IPA. That was delicious. I love the, the Optimus. The cherry, the Imperial cherry. What, what's a rack of beer? The six pack. Six pack. Is is it? Call is that a rack? That's, That's a New England term, from what I understand. A rack of is beer. It? Yeah, I've never. Heard I've only that. heard it said by my friends from New England that grew up there. And incidentally, the beer he was referring to, the Rausch beer, you can check it out at smokebeer.com. Yep. And it tastes like campfire in a cup. I swear. It's, it's really no word insane. of a lie, Max. No word of a lie. No word of Speaking a lie. Speaking of New England, it's really unique. Okay. So, so this one's from JT via our website. This one is borderline bad baloney, but we'll, we'll read it. Should I play some? Uh, no, no. It's okay, bo- very it's, good. It's borderline. It would be cool to do a Wonderland trail piece with someone oh, that yeah. knew a thing about the trail. <laughs> Though I have to admit, it was interesting to spend that 10 minutes enveloped in a thick, warm pool of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> also, per usual, the show was a hoot. All right. You know. I read that after I Glenn heard. Glenn Van Pesky told us some amazing stories and gave us some insight into a trip no one knew about that he took with Henry Shires. And that's the kind of comment we get. Let me tell you what, JT. Hey, hey, he said the show was oh, a hoot. Oh, this is from Justin Timberlake? Oh, is this, is this the JT? Disco, well, in that, in that case, Disco, I, I'm, a, I'm get, a big fan of your work. Before you get too all up in arms, I could see where JT was coming from because a lot of place names and details did escape Who gives gentleman. a sh- dude? You can get all the information you want about the Wonderland Trail on online. Hey. Just go Google it, JT. I, I, and you know what? Glenn told some amazing stories about Henry Shires, and if he can't appreciate that, he can take 
all the money he spent to the listen to the trail show, which was zero dollars, and we'll give him a full refund you know what, man? of zero dollars. That's, That's it. I'm out of here, man. Because you know what? Everybody can just Google <laughs> everything that we're talking about here right now. So there's no point in me even being here. I'm That's right. done. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh my god, he left people. Wow. Well, do, do you have JT? a slamming door sound effect that you uh, can play over there or something? Too late. Quick? Uh, it is too late, but you could probably edit this out. No, that's not the slam. Uh, wrong, wrong sound effect. Uh, Sorry, dude. On that note, should I, should I read the slightly controversial letter? Oh, yeah, please, but maybe we should open more beer. Go for it. It's yeah, open. We should Just open more go beer. Open it. It'll make you no laugh more with this. It's keeping you letter. from yeah. it. Okay, so uh, this is from Frito. Roll Tide Garcia. Oh, we've heard from him before. That's He's right. donated beer to us. That's correct. So recently I was made aware of some off-putting comments you made on your podcast. Hmm. I would like to inform you. That it sounds like bad baloney, Max. Yeah, just because our organization, he never really mentions what it is. Our organization CYO. is an archaic throwback to 1930s values and filled with homophobic leaders. This does not mean you can berate us at will over the interweb. So if you please, an honor apology and general groveling for defaming our blessed bastion of white flight and neo-militaristic values. Thank you. Nobody Wait, there's one more sentence. It's okay. better the part. That this is a good one. Oh, oh there's more. and by the way, when's the next brew hike? Because I think I might be able to make it this year. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting letter. All right, Max. So this is from our buddy, <laughs> Caleb Two Wars. Hey, very nice. Ladies and gents, <laughs> I want to reach out and thank all of you for so many great shows, which are wonderful distractions for me and many others serving in Afghanistan. Thank you. Thank you very much. The shout-outs and hiker questions were generally appreciated of the Afghan Trail Show expats. Well, that's pretty awesome. I recently made it home and happy to report that everyone who regularly listens to your show with me have also made it home to their families. Well, that's, that's really that's good. good. That, that's really good to hear. And now that I am back in the states and don't have to just live vicariously through you all, I'm going to take your advice and Dilo, say it. Get on the trail. Tomorrow, I set out to hike the AT northbound, and it's no small part because of listening to your show that I'm hitting the trail. People talk about the wild effect encouraging people to hike the PCT, but what about the trail show effect? Ha! Of <laughs> yeah. doing your own route. <laughs> Damn Skippy. And also, I have a question for your Ask a Hiker section. Dilo, do you have this for your Ask a Hiker section? Uh, I do not, I don't think. What, what's the question? Well, I'll read it quick. Maybe we can answer it we later. Could, or should we uh, table it? You know it what? We'll table that. Okay, because you've got it on a sh- sheet of paper that I do not have in and front of me. We have another kind of mail slash question. You know what? We'll table that to the Ask a Hiker as well. Thanks again for so many great shows. Cheers, Caleb Two Wars. P.S. I'm going to use my Facebook account to journal my hike. It'd be a real role reversal if you all live vicariously through me for a while. Ha ha. Facebook <laughs> slash Caleb underway, and we'll post that for our readers. Very cool. Because Caleb has been a huge fan of our show. That's and, right. And a lot of his buddies in Afghanistan as well, so it's the least we can do to give it's back. It's been forced listenership is what I understand. I like yeah. it. Let's do it. Caleb, have fun out there. And we'll answer his question in one of the segments later on. All right. I've got a letter from Greg. Greg Brulette? I don't know. Is this from Greg Brulette? I don't know. Why don't you read it, and we'll, we'll tell you. Hello, Trail Show. I love listening to the Trail Show, especially as I drive to the trail. All the beer and banter is a great way to get me awake and laughing on my early morning hikes. I've been hiking a lot of peaks in my area, and a good number of them do not have a trail that continues all the way to the peak. As a result, I've been doing a good amount of bushwhacking or schwacking. 
bushwhacking. On a recent bushwhacking expedition, the brush was sometimes taller than me at 5'7", but I was fortunate this area has a number of fallen trees I could walk across. I recognize this approach comes with dangers, like slipping off the fallen tree into the shrubs. In similar situations, do you choose the balancing on the fallen tree over thick brush? What tips or tricks have you learned from your route making? Salmonella. Any <laughs> stories of good or bad route making that the Trail Nation could learn from? And yes, I know, I know, get on the trail. This sounds like Thanks, an Ask Greg. a Hiker question. I think we should let's, let's address this Ask a Hiker. Yeah, let's, let's okay. hold, let's uh, hold this As a five-foot-six hiker, I could answer that. I just okay. want to caution you guys. There's a lot of questions. That I actually had to table a lot of questions because there was an uproar last month about the length of some of our questions. So <laughs> as long as it's okay with you guys, we, I'm, I'm fine with adding Caleb Woo! and Greg's question to our Ask a Hiker segment. I'm totally fine with it, but I just want to let you know that it's going to make it a little bit longer than it is Well, maybe already. we can just you know put a cap on the discussion. We'll just okay. shut the mics okay. down there after two minutes. And one last comment via Twitter. And this, to me, is a great way to end this. It's from John at Through Train via Twitter. Okay, dang. Get Sweet Tater in the contract this minute. Yes. Yeah, we're working on it. Show 32B was fabulous. Guns, nuns, drug runners. <laughs> Holy Jesus. All right, Through Train, what you should know, we have been in touch with Sweet Tater, also known as Wolfman Jesus, and he will be appearing, God willing, on a future trail show. We'll just That's right. we'll just leave it at that. Leave it at that. That's an extra special announcement for a future show. Future yeah. show. But yes, I mean, it was just amazing. Again, he could read the phone book and it'd be interesting. I, I'm I'm all in, man. <laughs> I you know, I've I've listened to that story now three or four times. I have too, and I can't and stop laughing. It may very Thank well God. be the best story that has ever been told on the trail show. We've had some pretty amazing stories, but that was just over-the-top goodness. And he didn't even tell us the other story. Well, he kinda, yeah. He kind of right. did, but he didn't. He, he needed did. the back porch and a pipe and a rocking chair <laughs> yeah. somewhere in the deep south, and it had yeah. been complete. On a humid summer's evening. That's Say right. Laurel. moonshine. Should we go to our donors? No, before we go to our donors, oh. I, I think we need we have a, a special item here. That's correct. We do. You have it. Okay. Uh, so, P.O.D., why don't you... I'm going to go ahead and get it out. Why don't you go ahead and uh, do a little background Okay, so this is from Hawaii. This is from Horny Toad. And um, he did package up the uh, the brews for their long, long boat kayak travel and lots of packaging peanuts that he specifically said were for D.Lo. Cool. But I'll take those guys. Yeah, I'll we got them in the car. Cool. I'll put them in, my, in a bag. And, and he also me. sent some other things, specifically for Mr. Mike DiLorenzo. Disco is going to present you with them one at a time. First, we have the Babies of Hawaii <laughs> 2015 <laughs> calendar. There really is, here, folks. Which features... <laughs> that should be on the Instagram account, right? Babies. Right, actually, I just downloaded the app, so it's going up right now. Okay, we also have the uh, <laughs> Hawaiian sticker that's uh, oddly reminiscent of... The Great Britain. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet imperialism. Dude. We have Solid a... Uh, it's reminiscent <laughs> of Mexico. <laughs> we, yes, exactly. It looks just like the Mexican flag. We have the uh, dashboard <laughs> hula doll. Oh, classic. Wow, dude. Does this have a suction cup on Which the bottom? Which, actually, Disco and I are going to take that back, but just for presentation's sake. And That'll look good on your a very own hula girl notepad. I love notepads. This is amazing. All this for me? For you. I can't even believe it. Who is what? this from again? This is from Horny Toad. <laughs> Horny Toad. This is absolutely and amazing. Marie. Horny Toad and Marie, you guys are the best. And 
that blood orange Maui Wowie beer that you sent our way. Sorenzi. Or was it Mexican? I don't really know. But it was amazing. <laughs> it was so amazing. So what do you think about these gifts, Dilo? Gosh, man. I'm a, well, I'm going to put up the babies of Hawaii when I get home tonight. <laughs> and uh, there'll probably be some questions in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I can always use more notepads. And I'm a little upset that you guys are going to take the hula girl back. Yeah, well. Uh, I can tell you that Horny Toe is going to be a little disappointed with your reaction. Why? How, well, how, could, I, how could I not be more excited? We've this got the trash bag of, of styrofoam that's peanuts true, outside that's true. That's true. Oh. we're going to leave you with, I, too. I'll take him home on my bike tonight. No problem. So, yeah. so he's a friend of mine. Uh, and, and specifically what he said was he wanted to send the most offensive, uh, kitschy Hawaiian gifts because he... Quote, loves it when D'Lo complains about things that listeners send. <laughs> Unquote. <laughs> On air. So he was, he was hoping to get some complaints about. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's, uh, I'm just too excited. This is really cool stuff. <laughs> like, there's, I, I, how could I not love a picture of a calendar of Mexican babies. babies on the beach. <laughs> Mexican babies from Hawaii. <laughs> like, it's amazing, man. And, you know, we just have to give thanks to our President Barack Obama for allowing these Mexican babies <laughs> to remain in the United States. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, man. Send hate mail, too. D-Lo. Yeah. 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 trail to show. To allow the undocumented PCT hikers. Yes. That's right. Yes, to allow Barack those undocumented. <laughs> it all comes back to undocumented <laughs> PCT hikers. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, moving along. Thank you, Horny Toad. Yes. He's so excited. He's taking pictures right now and putting them on. He's still looking at his fish all photo. media feeds. <laughs> I, I'm just. Tr- I'm struggling to take pictures with the Instagram. He's app. trying to find a way to superimpose one of the babies on the end of the hook. <laughs> oh, here it is. Whoa. <laughs> all right, Mags donors. Donors. So every month, Diane Pankers. Tim Harrell. The Bobby Walters. Elizabeth Giganti. Giganti. <laughs> Matt Murray. Bernard Wolf Gooby. Russ Kinder. Craig Gully. Justin Knowles. Buddy Sessoms. Boom. And Ken Steinoff. Yeah. And of course, our one offs for this month. Jennifer Anderson from Boston. Stay strong. Stay dig strong. out. All that. And for God's sakes, please, please send some snow our way. No, no, no. I thought it, please don't jump out of windows. Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to say. Oh, I, I saw that. But we need the snow. Send it. And Gringo Madness. El Gringo Madness. Hey, Gringo. Hey, and Jenny and uh, Gringo, there's some trail show swag headed your way. So take a peep at your mailbox in the next few days. All right, beer sponsors, we've been wow. covering that. <laughs> Have we broken open anything new here since we got the... Uh, you opened, you just opened a bottle just, of something. I did, and um, I passed it to Dirtmonger. And what is it, Dirtmonger? Uh, did you put it in yeah, the bag? Yeah, Dirtmonger, we need to know what it is. Please, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, go ahead, please. Just dig one out okay. and just say that's what it was. It's the <laughs> weird-looking cat figure with a Russian astronaut helmet called Gumballed. It um, is quite... Yeah. Quite good. It's no, it's actually Gumball Head, Three Floyds. Where is it from? It says it's not normal on here. <laughs> it's from Russia. Monst- Russia. Apparently. Monster, Indiana. Hey, oh, now. Okay. That's it's where that, the cheese comes wait, from. That's where Kingpin was from, right? That's where the cheese comes that's from. That's right. He Munster? was. <laughs> is it Monster, Indiana? <laughs> that is. That's correct. For all those Kingpin lovers out there. It, no, it was I, in Pennsylvania, where mm, the Amish are at. 
No, that's pepper. That's I pepper. Think, uh, yeah. Pepper's from Kingpin was Pepper's Amish. Yeah. Little known fact. I don't know if you've yeah. ever Amish. seen a picture of him, but he's definitely Amish. Well, his buddy's name is Nacho. That's all I know. It's true. <laughs> and I would say the Amish are well known for their through hikers. That's uh, true. Very much so. Yeah, that's right. We got to go one more break. When we come back, we're going to get into our Mags Media musings for the month, which is the PBS documentary known as The Big Burn. Oh very my important. god! And we've got Mike DiLorenzo's Ask a Hiker, and then. Which it's going to be an hour long, apparently. And then a, a gear... I, it's not my fault. A gear review that will save you fault. thousands of dollars. It's not my... A thousand dollars. It's not my you. damn fault. <laughs> we'll be right back. The Trail Show. Less gear. More beer. Trail show. Less gear, more beer. So we're back, and next month we will be covering our 2014 Beer of the Year Award and our Brewery of the Year Award. It came down to some contentious debate. There were a lot of great beers and great breweries in the running, but we have selected our winners. We'll be making announcements next month. And I also want to announce the start of the one month uh, hashtag Be Like Mike campaign. So what we're going to do. <laughs> And, and, and this goes to um, our good friend, The Nash Rambler, who sent us a photo of himself doing yard work with the hashtag, Be Like Mike. So we're going to encourage all our listeners over the next month, between this show and the next show, get on Twitter, get on Instagram, put up photos of you doing yard work with the hashtag, Be Like Mike. And we're going to pick a winner next month, and we're going to send you a bunch of Trail Show swag. So and be sure to tag the Trail Show on there, too. That's right. Tag the Trail Show. And, you know, hashtag be like Mike. Snow sculpting counts. Oh, yeah. Oh, be creative, people. Yard yeah. work. Exactly. Be Yard creative. work is the overall umbrella. What yep. do you do with it? Be creative. Be creative. That's right. Okay, Mags Media Musings. We reviewed... What What did we review? Well, first, give a little shout-out. Oh, yes. A, a little preview for next month's Media Musings. So, Just Bill sent us this amazing selection of beer. I mean, there's probably about a dozen different types easily. He wrote a book recently, and I read a preview copy a few months ago. He sent us all autographed copies. Nice. Lying on the Trail by Just Bill. You can pick it up hard copy and Kimball on Amazon. And we'll review it more next month. But if you ever read Patrick McManus... Tall Tales in the Outdoors is the best way of describing it. Very colorful, very good. Check it out. And again, we'll review it next month, our media musings. So, just Bill, cool. thank you for the books. And again, thank you for the beer. Yeah, the beer's the, been fantastic. Let me just say that on the back of this book, he tells you basically to stop reading the back of the book because there's nothing back here and you should actually read the book. And his last sentence, two sentences, don't let some marketing man blow hot farts in your face <laughs> and insult your intelligence. Turn this thing back over and start reading. And that, nice. in a nutshell, describes why you should read the book. Okay, I like that, man. <laughs> so more to come uh, next month. So anyway, our review for this month is a tad more serious. Thank you for the books and the beer. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're discussing The Big Burn, a PBS documentary, the American Experience series. Um, the really quick facts about it happened 1910 in the Northern Rockies. In mid-August, fire season had just 36 hours. More than 3 million acres were burned. 78 firefighters died. 
and it was one of the largest fires in American history. And I would argue in many ways, it, and Disco can speak much more about this than I can, but it really set the tone for American firefighting experience, not just from then, but to the present day. And we're still living with the effects of it in 2015 by far. Sure. And especially as a potentially bad firefighter season happens yet again, I think we're seeing more yeah. effects of that. And the the documentary was actually based off the book with the same title. Which Absolutely. I know Dirtmonger's read. I actually haven't read it. Has anybody else in this yeah. room read it? Mm-mm. What What did you think? How um, I know that the documentary obviously was a lot less detailed than the book, but did you think it was there were some parallels there? Was there it, was, but I think they left. There was a lot of uh, other survival type stories that were left out of the documentary that okay. were very, very good. I should say really quick, the documentary was a le- little less than an hour, yeah. yeah. So it was more of a synopsis. I think it's a great way to learn the basics of it. When we're launching pad to more detailed, and it, yeah, it goes into like the little, the relationship of like Pinchot with Roosevelt um, and all those guys, the political climate of it, that type of era in regards right. to like our resources and how we're going to fight fires and stuff. It gets into more detail than what it does in the documentary. I, I just want to say that this documentary was amazing. <laughs> okay, I, I, I watched it by myself. And I don't know, it might have been the two 11% triple IPAs and, <laughs> and the fat pack of the Orange Crush. I don't really know. But it was like, I was just like in tears the whole time. Like, I was smiling. I was crying. It was amazing. The history in this documentary, for people that know who uh, Gifford Pinochet is and Teddy Roosevelt and the relationship and just what the National Forest Service was, is just it's so intriguing and so interesting and it's just very dramatic as well because yeah. you know come come midsummer it hasn't rained all summer and here's that first thunderstorm sure. that blows through and all those railroad towns in the valleys that where there's just so much commerce going through and here's the forest service trying to save them it's amazing. well and it's not just it's it's ju- not just it hadn't rained and then here's the first thing it's it's also the backstory of for how many years 100 years or whatever let's put out every single fire and so now when that uncontrollable storm does come through, you know, it's like taking a torch to your jeans. You know, it just which, which goes up like that. Some of our listeners apparently have done in the Smokies. Um, Maybe a good idea in the Smokies, but not in these railroad towns. Yeah. I, I think, too, and I'm going to be a nerd in saying this, but for for a lot of thru-hikers, I think they, they might not understand, like, public land management. And I think this book is extremely important before Absolutely. you start hiking to understand the different districts and how they manage them. Yeah. And there's a part two of this in a way. I wouldn't say it's a part two, but there's another book by Timothy Egan, too, called The, the Worst Hard Time. And it's yes. about the Dust Bowl era. And it's very good. And it, it goes into like the Work Progress Administration and about mm-hmm. the CCC. And how that is actually related to a lot of those areas about the conservation corps and all, and all that stuff that's still to this day, is in place. I was going to say, read these two books in our perennial favor of Cadillac Desert. Yeah. And I think if you read these three books, yeah. you really understand what it's like to hike through the American West. I mean, the environmental factors affect mm-hmm. not just fires and floods and droughts, but, of course, the trails, which are routed yes. and managed because of these regions. Right, yeah. exactly. And, and I really, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit, little bit of a Neanderthal in the sense that I really don't like history very much. I mean, I know it's important because we're supposed to learn from our mistakes. Knuckle dragger. I know, but usually I just get so bored. Um, 
but I thought this this was really interesting, and I thought it gave a lot of really great insight into. Like, I didn't know that there was controversy around the Forest Service back in the day. I had no idea. Yeah, you know, I knew about the 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 um, the mistakes of trying to quell every single fire, and I think that we've repeated that over and over. But I didn't know about all that backstory, and I'm convinced that in one of the photos they included early on in the film, I'm convinced that Annie Smith Peck was in one of those pictures. And she is a uh, incredible uh, female mountain climber, outdoor extraordinaire from back in the day that was hmm. pretty radical because she wore pants, <laughs> you know? Heaven forbid. Yeah, and I also really enjoyed um, the, the side story about the, the African-American. The Buffalo Soldiers. Yeah, the Buffalo yeah, Soldiers. That, was, that was really cool. And also they had... Norman McLean in there too, which is yes. you know, young men in fire. Yeah. Like he was in. I'm, I was really shocked that they had him in that interview because I mean he's a pretty stellar author. What's that movie with Brad Pitt? He did too. River uh, through Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and for folks that do trail maintenance and use Pulaski's, oh, you're gonna yeah, learn. So cool. You're gonna learn a lot about what, <laughs> yeah, how that I, tool was named. And I think like I mean it's, it's again a trail nerd type thing, but like if you're starting a through hike, if you're not knowing how to kick rock off trail. Or move a, uh, some sticks to make it like you give back to the trail all you can. Like this stuff goes back a long ways. Yeah, over a, and um, and then in a weird way, this as you were saying in the documentary, this fire, even though the lessons we've applied may have been wrong as far as culinary fire, it actually s- preserved the forest service. Yeah, yeah, that was the interesting piece. And yeah, you know, I never, I guess intellectually I knew it, but I really put it in perspective. In all these wild lands we have now are indirectly related mm-hmm. because of this fire. It gave the Forest Service a mission, which in turn allowed it to make wilderness areas and preserved areas, et cetera. Yeah. And the thing, I kind of watched this movie from a different point of view because I actually am a forester by profession and by education. So I'm not looking at it necessarily from a hiker's perspective, but as for something I do for my job. And the thing that, that really I kept thinking about is that, so this this fire happened in 1910. The U.S. Forest Service had just been uh, organized. Infancy. It was yeah. in its infancy. And within a few years, they had to deal with the biggest fire in Forest Service history. Like, Can you imagine, you know, if you got a new job somewhere, you roll in, and within a couple months, you have to deal with, like, the biggest tragic disaster that your job has ever seen, and that responsibility is on you? That's essentially what happened with the U.S. Forest Service yeah. back in 1910. And one, one thing that we're, uh, we've kind of glossed over is the fact that, you know, the Forest Service has maybe started five years, three years, two years Absolutely. before this fire. Yeah. And nobody wanted them around. Everybody wanted to just pillage the forests like they've been doing. They didn't want to manage them in a responsible manner yeah. for the long term. Because the Forest Service is not just about wilderness areas and preserving things. They're, you know, they're exploiting the land to it for capitalist gain, but in a man in a manageable fashion, right? It's not just let's t- tear it all down, log it, and it's done. And oh, well, now we don't have anything growing, right? So, this was the mission of the Forest Service was to exploit these forests in a man in a sustainable manner for a capitalist benefit. And the capitalists that were in the West already hated these people because they just wanted to 
used it all up as fast as they could. Sure. And so then you have this catastrophic fire, and all of a sudden these foresters are heroes. You know, it's like, and and they were heroes partly because of the journalists back in the East who were who latched onto the story just for its sensationalism, and they were some of the ones that we should probably be crediting for the Forest Service existence today. It's true because it's all about the the twenty four hour news cycle. In yeah. the end. That dictates a lot of public opinion and history. Then, then as now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That's Granted, then it wasn't 24 hours, but no, I know. You know, still. It's, it's it the, might have been the sensationalism. Figuratively. The sensationalism yeah. of this extraordinary event, you know? The other geeky thing for me as a forester is that they talked a lot about Gifford Pinchot. He was the first head of the Forest Service. And when I went through forestry school and in and, yeah. and a couple jobs, um, there were these maxims that Gifford Pinchot had. It's like his 10 maxims. You were a little GPer. Oh, a little GPer, yeah. <laughs> and we always had Gifford Pinchot's maxims framed on our walls in our different offices as foresters. And it's it was kind of neat to... You know, sit down and watch this big burn as, you know, kind of trails you homework, but also just thinking about it in terms of being a forester, an old dirt forester, if you will. It's a good movie. I think everybody's going to enjoy it. We put a link up on our Facebook yeah, page, yeah. and it's free. Free on Can't PBS. beat that. It's, well, if you care about the wilderness and the history of it, I really recommend watching it. Very good. It's the big burn. Get into it. All right, Mr. DiLorenzo, you got some... Uh, questions this month, eh? I had a lot of questions this month, but there was also a lot of uh, turmoil about the length of my questions last month, <laughs> and a lot of interruptions when I was reading my questions last month, and I actually heard that there were people that left the room when I was reading my questions last month, which I feel is a discredit to the people that wrote my questions last month. So for those hikers that left the room last month, shame on you. Well, so they couldn't hear the questions. I know, because Skype on the cell phone sucks. We learned no, that. No, because they, they didn't have headphones on. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to have headphones to hear the Skype. All right, here we go. So I have two questions here, and I think we've got a couple more. Bonus, bonus questions. Bonus questions. Here's question number one. Hey, guys, I'm debating taking my honeymoon at an Airbnb somewhere in Colorado. I was wondering if you guys had any good suggestions for places to go, things to do, a bit of short hiking, and beer is mainly what we're looking for. I know you guys mentioned hot springs a few times on the show. That would be interesting. Any ideas would be great. We're looking at the last week of August, first week of September. Thanks, Trail Show. And this question was from Jiggy Jiggy Auntie. I, I got Eli- it. That'd be Elizabeth Jiggy Jiggy Auntie. Jiggy Jiggy Auntie, you need to go to Strawberry Hot Springs and stay at the hot springs. Near Steamboat. And there's lots of hiking around there. Yeah. Very I, lovely. You can't go wrong with that. The CDT is right nearby. Yep. The Stra- Zirkles, beautiful. The Zirkles. The Zirkles. A great wilderness area. Strawberry Hot Springs, definitely like top three hot springs in Colorado. Um, go there. You won't be disappointed. What month did you say? August. Uh, August late, yeah. late August, early September. It would be Perfect. beautiful. Yep. Perfect hike. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a little uh, a shout out to the Sangres. Um, oh, the hot yeah. springs down in the Sangres are... You know, Valley View is very yeah. nice. Um, there's one which is closer to the road out on the plains of the uh, San Luis Valley, which is not nearly nice, but the water is much hotter. Um, but the Sangre de Cristos are beautiful mountains, and mm-hmm. there is some, you know, quick and easy 8, 10-mile round-trip day hikes that you can take right up to the crest. Just know that uh, Valley View is super nude. So, yeah. I mean, I'm cool with that, but you got to know that when you And strawberries nude, nude after dark. Yeah. So, you, you you should know. Take your pick. How nude do you want to be? How That's nude right. do you want to be? Max. I was going to say, if you can't forget the San Juans. Is Pagosa Hot Springs sure. as well known? Ugh. Let, let me, gross. Let me finish. Rotten egg. 
But salmonella. But there's some back. <laughs> there's some backcountry hiking hot springs just up the road. Ah, below there Wolf. is. Just but up, I thought those were just warm springs. But it's backcountry. So yeah. I, the price is right. The price true. is right, and it's in the San Juans, which are arguably. So, it's the debate: Sangres or San Juans, which are the best? Just go. Yeah. I can't answer that. They're both awesome. Giganti, don't don't be deterred by POD. She doesn't care for hot springs that have a sulfur aroma. If you can get past that, because hot springs are actually pretty nice, just make sure your wallet's a little bit yeah. thicker well, than usual. And, and go to the backcountry ones. Just yeah. If you yeah. like soaking in salmonella water, then oh. you should go to Pagosa. San Juans are awesome, though. Also, <laughs> Pagosa, it, it all looks like hot tubs. And well, strawberry but, ro- is rock But think beautiful. about it. She's coming from the east. She, it's... Uh, again, backcountry though. Forget about Pagosa. Forget about it. Just go to the backcountry hot springs just up the road until you free. get the shivers. I, I wanted to give a quick uh. shout out to um, Cottonwood uh. Hot Springs, yeah, uh. um, which are really great. Um, they're semi-rustic. Uh, you can show up there in a weekday; it'll be pretty. Calm By that, and quiet. He means you're gonna have a saggy bed. Yep, you'll see some of that. And you can get right up into the uh, Sawatch there, which has yep. awesome day hikes. And right. Eddie, awesome day hikes. Eddie Lime Brewery is right in the town of yep. Buena Vista, which yep. is six miles from the Hot Springs. That's actually a pretty good recommendation. And there's free camping at a area yes. that if you email me about, I'll tell you where to go. There's free camping in the National Forest. There's tons God of free camping the around there. Service. Yep. You know, basically, Colorado late, Trail is right nearby. Yeah, I would argue Chalk late Creek. August, early September is prime Colorado time period. Yeah, just no, make your plans early. Yeah, oh. no matter where you go, you're gonna have a great time. Oh, you're more than welcome to email any of us, and we're happy yeah. to give suggestions as well. Book early, book often, you'll be fine. Okay, Dilo, go ahead. Question number two: I'm planning a trip to Peru in May to go backpacking in the Andes. I've been to Latin America a few times, but only as a tourist for a quip trick. Quip, quick. Quick, what? Quick trip. Say who? Huh? Just huh? for a quick trip Quicks? to Tijuana to purchase drugs. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, okay. drugs that are only available in the USA with a prescription, mostly to make methamphetamines. Meth. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bad joke. Why is this the meth show? I just go to Tijuana <laughs> to buy Viagra to help against altitude sickness since I live at sea level and I hike in the Sierra. Anyway, I know with your 40,000 miles of collective trail wisdom that some of you have hiked outside of the USA and in particular in Latin America. So I'd like to ask if you can share some tips and experience regarding backpacking in a foreign country and in particular in Latin America. Thanks, Andre the Masked Eagle Soltis. <laughs> I don't uh, even... I don't e- well, so, you know what? My, my very first backpacking trip was in Peru. And was I, it really? Yes. Wow. And I had like to no, Machu Picchu? I had no idea what I was doing. I was wearing uh-huh. jeans. You know, I had this giant low alpine backpack. That's I was actually I, with my friend Horny Toad. Uh, don't we all really? use with those Horny items? With Horny Toad. It's coming uh-huh. full circle. I mean, I, I can't offer any advice. So I, that was my I first I have trip. done um, a fair amount of hiking in South America, in the Andes, but it was 10 years ago. Um, and I would just say learn some Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Know some Spanish because you're going to need it, especially if you find yourself in a... You know, in the mountains. Yeah, in the mountains. You want to be able to talk to people. Bring candy for children in Peru. Oh, uh, that's yeah. some really good advice because when you roll into a little Peruvian village and there's all these little kids and they're like gringo, gringo, you Buy better have you better have some dulces for the gring- for the little kids. <laughs> okay, you better have some candies. Dulces, dulces. They'll be so stoked. golosinas. Because a gringo without dulces in the mountains, nothing's bad is going to happen, but you're just not going to be liked. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> As I recall, also in Peru, there was uh, <laughs> everywhere. Um, <laughs> human? 
No, it was mostly like cow shit, llama shit, yeah. you know, vacuum oh, It's like Wyoming. Free yeah. pillows. Yeah, <laughs> it's just ton- well, it was small, you know, because the cows in South America are smaller than the USA, so are the horses. Hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of shit everywhere, so treat your water. Um, um, again, Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. And uh, learn teeth. some Spanish and don't be too particular with your diet. Eat a few uh, guinea pigs. Hey, yeah. Oh, hey, yes. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, hey, eat some guinea pig if you go to Peru. Hey, because that's so a, our, a delicacy. We do have our... our Trisha mascot. Hey, dude, he's not a Peruvian guinea pig, so he's not listening to this. He's all good. He's like, I don't live in Peru. I know they're not going to eat me. I can go to sleep right now. Because he's our you know, mascot of the show. Yeah. That is true. He's Charlie, like, the guinea he's pig. He's like, but my, my uncle Carlos, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> uncle anyway. Jack? <laughs> All right, uh, Dilo, any other questions? Well, I have a couple other questions yeah, that are so on other sheets of paper that I think other people are going to read for me because... That's correct. So I we'll wanted just, to keep it brief. We'll just do these ones quick because they were kind of glomons at the end here. Uh, this is from Greg San Diego. He asks about being short and either using fallen trees or just kind of going through the brush. Like, which Wait a one minute, is wait better? a minute. Can you just paraphrase that a little bit more so he's intelligently going intelligently for our readers. He's going our readers. Okay, I'll do that intelligently for our readers, listeners, whatever, <laughs> man. Uh, Hawaiian Mexican babies, I don't care. So he's talking about going through areas where there's extreme blowdowns. Yes, and the option is either the vagabond loop, climb up <laughs> on the logs and walk across <laughs> the logs, which could be at a high distance from the ground, or just push your way through all the brush and the. Giant bushes taller than you. Can we can we kick this one over to Mags? Yeah, yeah, please, I, Mags. Why, why me? We're the same. I, I Mags, what would Mags do? I think part of it. <laughs> I think part of it is Dermonger? is like also what kind of gear you have. Oh. If you have a pretty big backpack, you may not want to go over some logs. <laughs> and if you <laughs> have <laughs> also on, a, on the on the flip side, yeah. if you have a very delicate, you yeah, know, that's what I would I use the fiber, You might not yeah, want to like schwack through I mean, a bunch of brush. Like I don't carry a very big backpack, but I'm able to maneuver pretty good through overgrown brush and, or but underneath it, a log. But but if you have one of those super ultralight backpacks. Then you don't want to pushing through the brush might not be the best idea. No, actually, I think it actually is a pretty good idea really? because I can maneuver it without a hip belt, move into the side and move around the brush. But it's uh, going to get cut on. It's going to get ripped up. No. That, that cellophane mm. goes That's goes an old wives tale, dealer. You have a cellophane backpack? Is that correct? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that oh. uh, styrofoam stuff outside the door. Mags. <laughs> the bag of pizza. We're going to do a rare gear geek thing. What? No, not we. What? You. Rare. I said rare gear geek thing. Newer packs aren't made of silk nylon anymore. They're made of aerobic, which is yeah. pretty light and yeah. sturdy. So if you do have a very light pack, yep. you can indeed maneuver and not have to worry about it. And I think it, it's fair to say that that is a technique. Okay, okay. No, I mean, you can cool. learn to move through that without damaging your pack. Now, wait a minute, guys. Guys, I, have a, love I have a pack <laughs> that's made that I made myself. Of styrofoam okay. peanuts. All right. question. So, um, well, I was gonna, his, his pack is made out of uh, well, that calendar. Get him weird. Babies on it. Get him weird from the gear. Made out of Hawaiian babies. To answer his other question, <laughs> I'm, no, this is serious. I'm five. Okay. Foot. Oh, no, we're, it's serious. No I'm, word of a lie. Max. No word of a lie. I'm five foot six. Yeah. So I'm even shorter than five seven. Okay. I find it's very easy to go under the logs and just maneuver through rather than try to go over. 
Okay. What do I do? <laughs> other question. What do was, I do with my Hawaiian babies? Uh, just tuck them in your pocket and move please, on. Please, no more discussion of Hawaiian babies. Uh, moving on. P- P- this is from Caleb. Caleb, very good. Uh, this is more for D'Lo, actually. Any stories of good or bad route making? <sighs> oh, no, no, no. This route is, making? This is about how to get children to long distance. No, no, hiking. that was the oh, other yeah. question. Oh, okay. Kay. Yeah, we'll cover that another time. That's too big no, of a story. No, it's not a big story. What's the story? Any, any, any stories of bad route making? Route making? Yeah, like route making decisions. Oh. I, I think I, it's called. I can't. I can't really hear the questions anymore. I, I think the. What? Oh, I have an. Expe- I have a Going story of bad Toros? route making uh, <laughs> yeah. that Watch I want to. I want to throw over to Mags, um, which is. Hmm. I see on the map that there's a trail that goes through the valley, but it's got some private land right towards the end when you get out towards the end. But that's okay, because there's still a trail. It used to be there, you know, a couple of decades ago. Let's go down that way, D'Lo, and let's see what happens. Okay, and there's the guy with the chainsaw cutting logs all day. He wasn't there. <laughs> no, we're lucky he wasn't there. <laughs> Anyways. <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> all right, Max, next question. Well, this is from... Should we do this? Well, this might be we a future question. I think, I think we should wrap it up, man. We still got to cover gear review. Gear I review was saying, this is a good one for future. Yeah. Long distance hiking with children from Caleb. You know what? Dilo, why don't you research that? Because he specifically mentioned you. What? And get back to us. And backpacking. Or we can even say backpacking with children. Yep. Okay. I like it. All right. Dilo for next month. Very good. Okay. I'll, so do, some I'll do my homework. Hey, Caleb, we're going to do some homework as opposed to homework with a capital H. To research children and backpacking. Yep, I'll, right. I'll get my meth pills, Viagra, and Hawaiian babies, and uh, I'll get back to you. And with that, <laughs> let's talk about rodent prevention. Wait, we got to rock out first, everyone. Yeah, we got a little music here. It here it comes. It's about to drop. Oh, get ready. Here it comes. Vagabond loop. Vagabond loop. Vagabond loop. All right, Max. Rodent prevention gear review of the month. What do you got? So this is a collaboration. We all have different ideas. Quick background. I try to start my car up Wednesday, going to work. Yeah. Wouldn't turn over. Now, wait a minute. You don't ride a bike. I know. Okay, well, very good. I work. Just want to highlight that. 20 minutes away, so 15 <laughs> miles. Okay, he also doesn't so. use disposable diapers. <laughs> I also don't have kids, so there you go. Yeah, forget about hey, it. Hey, my kid <laughs> in the toilet now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, man. It's coming anyways. off the rails, Max. It's coming off the rails. No, this is good. This is good. <laughs> okay. So, I... The car wouldn't start. Long story short, <laughs> tow it to my mechanic. Five-minute walk away. It was all good. He actually calls me over. You got to see this. Thank you, Mr. Delo. It turns out there's a rat's nest in my car. They actually went to the engine block, chewed the wires. Hey, what? And, and they also destroyed the uh, sensor in the master brake cylinder. So luckily, this is my complex, but what if I was in Utah and this happened? On, at a remote trailhead? I was parked for four days backpacking. And as I was reading more about this, there's been back east porcupines have chewed brake lines. Ooh, that's bad news. Marmots in the San Juans and many places in the high Sierra have chewed brake lines. Well, I think Sweet Tater gave us a good recommendation from Say Laurel. You just carry a big jug of brake fluid. <laughs> there you go. There and you. about every mile or so, you pull over no, and top her off. No, chew the brake lines. Oh, jeez, man. And they chewed the wiring, so I couldn't start my car. So this got me thinking. As you said, what if we were in remote areas? And yep. so yourself included, I received several great suggestions. Yeah. Because truthfully, 
Uh, I have insurance, so I have a deductible, but my bill was a thousand dollars. Oh, whoa! Because it was Dude. labor. I can do basic work on my vehicle. I can retighten battery terminals and sure. do hoses and belts. I can't rewire my car. No, I admit it's it. it's a. And you know what? Similar thing happened to me. It wasn't as drastic though. I was still able to drive my car. I just kept getting this weird um, air sensor light. And it turns out a uh, rodent had chewed through the wiring that went to some kind of oxygen sensor or some other sensor. And my neighbor, who's a mechanic, took a look at it and was like, I can rewire this, no problem, but you're going to need to... And what he recommended is he said, buy some metal like chicken wire and literally... A pl- like He said, bolt in chicken wire on the entire undercarriage of your Jeep mm-hmm. to keep squirrel... He thinks it was a squirrel to keep squirrels out. And I'm convinced it happened at in a remote spot at one of my clients' house, not actually where I live. So I didn't do anything. I haven't had any other problems since then. But if you're at a remote trailhead and this has happened, you're big screwed. trouble. Big trouble. I, I have a similar problem in my backyard. Um, I have rats that continue to uh, come into my compost heap. And I sure. Have, and I have killed four so or five of them. Do you bolt chicken wire around it? No, but I think I might because yeah. every time I kill a rat, I feel like there's another rat that just kind of burrows yeah. in there a few days later. Ooh. So, And I've killed some big rats. And the reason why I started killing rats, not because I like killing things, was because they started eating my tomatoes last summer. Ooh. So I had so, these nice big heirloom tomatoes, and then I would come out the next morning, and they would be half eaten. Mm. Not cool. But then you can kill the rat and it feeds your compost. There you yeah, go. Yeah, now Dilo. Yeah, so the thing I do is I just kind of throw away the dead rats. You know what's in rats? What's in dead rats? Rat poison. Uh, no. Salmonella. If, if there was rat poison there in the rats. There might be some of that in there. If there was rat That's poison in the training. rats, they'd be dead. Plague, baby. Plague. Do you know Plague. what rat poison so, does to rats? This is pretty interesting. Oh, no. Oh, it's uh, it basically like rat poison... Um, Basically melts their insides. Yeah, it turns them into liquid. The problem with rat poison, and then they just die and they slowly bleed to death, right? So you've got these like dead, bleeding rats. The reason why you don't want to use rat poison is because let's say you have cats in your neighborhood and the cats eat the dead, bleeding rats. Now they ingest the rat poison and your neighbor's cat dies, dude, and you killed it. Right. Well, well, getting back to the whole outdoor <laughs> angle. Yeah, so what were the other options besides so, chicken wire? So, because this can be very... Matt, it's one thing to be stuck in Boulder, but be stuck in Utah, the San Juans. You just or killed Zare. your neighbor's cat. So what I've recommended, uh, seen recommended, is they sell rodent tape from Honda. Yeah, now this is something I didn't know. It's hot pepper-infused tape? Yeah, you wrap it around the wires. This could be a good prank on trail. I'm trying to... You get <laughs> oh your friend God. Your friend needs duct tape, but you give him some of the Except hot pepper tape. I actually tape. have a roll of it. I should have brought it out for the show. Oh, it's oh. it. pictures, pictures for our Instagram feed. It <laughs> actually has little rodents in, in the tape itself. Hashtag be in like Mike. Tape? It has rodents in the tape? It picture, cartoon pictures uh, oh, of rodents. Oh. Could and you just use pepper spray? Is it capsaicin? Well, okay, so I also yeah, bought... Is, this is war. Right? Yeah. yeah, it is capsaicin. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't pronounce it. Capsaicin. Yes, <laughs> what you said. Capsaicin. Uh, so I also bought some rodent. It's called Ropel, and there's different variations of it. Yeah. It has black pepper in it, garlic, peppermint, and fox urine. Max, you could put that in your pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Bull- <laughs> bowl of pasta as big as your head. Except for the fox urine. So I sp- hey, fox urine. Hey, man. forget about Ooh, it. Yeah, exactly. So I sprayed it all over the engine block as well with the hot pepper-infused tape. Yeah. So, and <laughs> this is war. I just spent $1,000 fixing. The, and the other thing people mention for trailheads, because marmots and porcupines, depending yeah. where you are, will actually chew brake lines and get in the car. 
uh, seen a couple things. There's a place in the high stairs, a general store. They actually rent chicken coop wiring to put around your car. That's <laughs> around the vehicle. That Make a fence. seems a little excessive. No, read about it. They actually have chewed brake lines. A, a Mineral King It's a well-known trailhead in the high Sierra. Oh, my god! So you're never mind your engine. So you're driving along. Oh, I have no brakes on this windy dirt road going from a pass. Couldn't you just, like, tie a dog or a small child to the bottom of your car? To yeah, I think that's animal? a solution. Hawaiian well, here, baby. A Hawaiian? tie a Hawaiian baby to your car <laughs> for four days. <laughs> so here's what works, according to yes, different, oh, different really people. Brilliant. You actually get a big tarp. Drive over the tarp yeah. and bring the tarp two feet over the wheel wells. So you essentially seal your car in. Can't they chew through yeah, the tarp? No, through the tar? because well, they're like people, thieves. Do they go for the locked car? Or the, they, yeah, so they, they find a barrier, carry. they go to the next car because all the salt's underneath the wheel carriage and stuff. Oh. So what if you go through the car wash right before going to the trailhead? I wouldn't recommend that. So no? the other yeah. tip was mothballs. Oh, that dude, that's that's no it's good, nasty. Man. I'm just saying Come what's on. out there. I know one well, few well known hikers will actually put mothballs around the car. As a barrier, and they'll re, you know put them back in their coffee can or whatever, because again, marmots and porcupines and rodents. But the main thing of this is that do something because again, if you're in Utah or the High Sierra Utah. or the winds or mm-hmm. the Teton, it's one thing to get stuck in Boulder where I'm five minute walk from my mechanic. Sure, but if I'm an hour from the nearest town, you better have AAA. Forget about it. Never mind. Hey, AAA. Oh, I don't have cell phone reception. Never mind. But hey, AAA. I'm stuck in a That's forest. That's why you road. bring the sat phone. There you go. So, really, do something. If anything else, save $1,000 because that was a very so, expensive bill. So, Max, have you applied the Caspian tape to your... Uh, <laughs> I have. You have, really? The Caspian C? What does it say? Salt Capsaicin. Capsaicin. salt from the Caspian C on it. Have you taped your lines with Capsaicin tape? Well, I think that would be... I mean, I mean, I know bear spray is, you know, Capsaicin, but... They could still smell that, and it's not. So I think if the tape is still like something that's an attractant to a bear, if I it guess is? The idea bears to, are attracted to that. I they, well, it's, yeah, but in, if it's, it depends on the dose. So the dose that they get from the can will like knock them out. But like they could still smell that stuff. But I, we don't really care yeah. about the bears. It's a they're ro- not going to choose. But if you got something on the rodent this, tape, this is very insane. Put it on your backpack. To what a debate we've got going here, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I see like, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So this is very unscientific. But the little guinea pig there—he's a yeah. rodent. Yeah. yeah. But, he can't stand vinegar. He can't stand mint. Did you we, put some of that tape in his cage to see what happened? <laughs> no, but in fact, in the past, we've actually put hot sauce around the base of our table so he won't chew. Yeah. So did it work? It did. He will not go near the table now. There it is, ladies and, this and gentlemen. Is several Capsaicin, a, a proven deterrent to rodents across America. And the spray with fox urine in it. In your Bam. neighborhood, there may be a car wash in which you can douse your car in capsaicin. <laughs> I know that here in Boulder, there are capsaicin car washes. There may be capsaicin You can car open up a franchise in your town <laughs> by contacting Before legal. You go to the trailhead, take your car through the capsaicin car wash. Does it have fox urine, too? <laughs> yes, the capsaicin car wash oh, with fox it's like urine. <laughs> It's like rain. <laughs> that, that's the that's an that's an additional you know two quarters to get the the fox spray. Yeah, uh, the fox urine yeah. spray. It's like rain. Can, can that be used as like uh, some type of cologne to like deter any creeps from talking to you? Oh, I think creeps man. would like the smell of fox urine. Right. What's that you wearing, Capsaicin? We got to wrap this up. Yep. All right. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to the Leadville Hostel and Wild Bill for sponsoring today's show. 
We love the Leadville Hostel, and you will too. LeadvilleHostel.com is the place to find them on the web and the only place to stay next time you find yourself in Leadville. Hey, Disco, can, yeah. I, can I give a shout-out to Yama Mountain Gear and Gossamer Gear for helping me out on my Vagabond Loop? No. Absolutely, man. No. No. Yama, w- websites? YamaMountainGear.com and GossamerGear.com. Very good. Go check them out. Thanks to all our monthly PayPal donors. Keep those iTunes reviews coming. You can always find us at TheTrailShow.com, Twitter.com slash TrailShow, on Facebook, Instagram, and Cafe Press, at TheTrailShow, on Stitcher Radio, and of course on iTunes. You can find us individually on Twitter. I'm at LAWTONG. Max is at PMAXCO. DLO is at DLOW. POD is at Felicia Darkness, and you can find Dirtmonger on Instagram at Free Dirtmonger. DLO. Is it too late to do the iTunes? Yes. It is. I'm going to do it uh, next month. iTunes we'll top 10. 10. Maybe we'll do 10 next month. We will we do 10. Five. It'll Ma- be amazing. Can we do 10 15? with two ones. What if we do 15? E- no. <laughs> okay. We'll be back in March on the eve of the Colorado Rock with special guest. Wit- wow. <clears throat> Let me try that again. I just sound like Peter Brady. We'll be back in March on the eve of the Colorado Ruck with special guest Whitney Allgood LaRufa. He's going to be talking about the Chinook Trail. You'll hear all about how it. how to hike with a dog. Remember, hold on, I lost my music. Where did it go? There it is. Remember that the Colorado Ruck is happening in Golden on Saturday, March 14th. <laughs> Our taping of the trail show at the Level Hostel is happening Saturday, April 18th. Join us that weekend by reserving your spot at thelevelhustle.com today. And our Long Walk Brew Hike is going down Saturday, May 16th. Let's say those dates just no. one more time. <laughs> no, let's don't. Until then, for the Princess just of Darkness. Just one more time. Thanks, Mags, D-Lo, and Dirtmonger. I'm Come Disco on. Chow. And May 18th. March 13th. No, that's the wrong What day. are the dates, no, D-Lo? Fox urine. Fox urine. Fox urine. <laughs> Longest show ever. Longest March show 12, ever. Salt Lake was longest show. Salt Lake was longest show. Horny Toad. Horny Toad. Capsaicin spray at the Boulder Car Wash. Get your capsaicin <laughs> car wash. Mothballs. Mothballs. <laughs> Hawaiian babies. <laughs> That's a show. I had a lot of questions this month, but there was also a lot of uh, turmoil about the length of my questions last month. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's you good. go to Michigan in the winter and people look like they're dead. Oh. If you have a pretty big backpack, you may not want to go over some logs.